Street Epistemology is a wonderful approach that anyone can learn. You can learn more about Street Epistemology at streetepistemology.com. Cool. Well, Shane and Justin, thanks for joining me today. Uh, I think it was, was it two weeks ago that we last spoke or one week ago? Uh, we we met through a mutual friend and uh, named Andrew. He's got his channel Mindgasms, I guess. And uh, we talked about all sorts of stuff. First, we were uh, talking about issues around abortion and then it moved to souls and higher power and all sorts of things. And uh, today we're meeting again so we can both fill out a survey together and it looks like both of you have filled one out and Reed is assisting me in the background to uh, see and compare each other's answers on the survey uh, before we began. Uh, oh, well, first of all, Shane, you want to say hi? Hello. Good evening. God bless. Good evening. And Justin, your your camera was having issues, but your mic is doing just fine. So I'm here. I hope I sound better. Hello, world. Yes, indeed. All right, cool. So um, the last time we spoke, we talked about all sorts of things. Um, first of all, before I begin, do you guys have anything you want to say or any general thoughts about our last conversation? What did uh, What did you think about it overall? <laughs> or maybe that's too broad of a question. Um, I, I, uh, to, to a fault, like I'm very big on some framing issues. So I, I did notice that there are certain definitional questions, uh, about how you frame your perceptions and especially words like desirable, good, better. Um, these words really are very loaded. Even in these questions that we're going to engage in today, you do see a reflection of that. So that was what was my main response to that would be trying to like pin down um, some of the some of those particular definitional uh, questions, uh, especially because these are some of the first steps one takes when one uh, moves into Christianity is accepting certain paradigms or certain revelation in these terms. So, uh, yeah, th that was my reflection. It was like, and I don't know whether it was you or, or Reed who had said that, uh, perhaps afterwards even, that it was a very cordial paced, not a lot of talking over each other. So I thought that was very positive. I agree. So, um, yeah. so in terms, in terms of first steps, uh, first conversations, yeah, just, just overall positive and just, um, like, like you, what would you want if not a bunch of more questions or, or topics that, uh, seem needing to be filled out? Um, how about you, Justin? What, what would you say if you were forced to? I thought we had a lot of unfinished business. I like how we kind of went to the basics, like what is truth? You know, so that's a good basic question. Yeah. That's, uh, I was kind of thinking about that the last week. I, I don't even think I have a good answer for you, you know? Mm -hmm. uh i like the sort of medical ethics i think uh like at first i thought it was a joke you know hearing this expression like uh uh what's the word boarded souls don't worry about it they'll go to heaven 
you know, there's no, nothing sad yeah. about that. We were asking whether or not that's if provocative. Feed, if, yeah, whether or not aborted fetuses go to heaven. Yeah, but it's when <clears throat> that's that's becoming a bigger topic because the medical ethics of the abortion is increasing. Like the industry, you know, it's not. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyway, I, I won't ramble on about it. Uh, no, fine. It gives me a good idea. Of, it sounds like we uh, aired out a lot of ideas and we went all the way to bedrock and talked about how to define truth and all sorts of stuff. And that's kind of what I'm aiming to do today is to get a little bit more uh, specific about certain concepts in epistemology and then compare them to certain beliefs that we talked about a little bit yesterday. And so um, what I'd like to do is throw out a couple of different beliefs that we probably agree on some that we probably disagree on and then um or maybe uh some some beliefs that i think are true or that you think are not true or vice versa and then we can compare how we determine that with the survey that we have uh that we both had you fill out before the show so let's dig into it uh i guess the the topic that we ended up talking about probably the most last time was concept of a soul, but um, it was predicated on beliefs in a higher power or a God. So um, I'm wondering uh, on a scale between zero and a hundred where zero is uh, all I have are doubts and questions about this idea. And a hundred is all I have is confidence and no questions at all. I absolutely know it's true. Where would you be on a soul? that souls exist or and you can define this however you want i mean you got to proceed with confidence i don't uh i'll go in nine nine point nine 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 uh so on a scale between zero and a hundred that would be 90. sure nine nine is good for me too if you want to do one to (laughs) ten yeah i'm not super uh, strict on the scale okay as I'd like to hear right now, 75, maybe. Okay. Maybe that's, maybe that's yeah. the wrong answer. Yeah. yeah. And we're just trying to get, gauge um, our level of confidence, our personal. How, what would we attribute our confidence? Like, um, like let's, to me, let's 70, put it like this. Sorry. I was just going to say, like, Shane's answer sure. of 75, that sounds to me mm-hmm. like a confidence where. Half the time, and half the time, you might have a doubt. Otherwise, you know, three out of four times, you don't have a doubt, but maybe there's a, something sneaks in your head, and half of half a time, you'll, I don't know, you'll wonder about it. But then that leads you back into the question, you know? I guess that's the thing. When you settle the question 100%, it's like, oh, the question's dead. Don't even talk to me about it. It's still a living, like, controversy issue. Sure. And so we could probably say, like, 99% if we're open to continuing questioning something that we think we know is true. Um, well, 75, so I think is a good answer. It's not too confident, but it's pretty confident. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like what, what, what's your confidence that you're on a call with me right now? Zero to hundred. Where would you be? 10 on 10. That you're talking. 10 on 10. 10, 10, 10. 10. One, yeah, yeah. 101. Jesus, 101. Okay. Jesus came in there and gave me an extra couldn't, point. Couldn't be more confident that you're t- on the line with me right now talking no and so and compared to that like that 
that would be like I would probably give that a 99.9 like I don't get much higher than that um because so compared to that would soul for you Justin would be 90. Uh, it's like a different 90. you know what I mean it's like a different uh unit I don't want to seem too cocky like I got all the answers maybe I back down a little and I go 85 percent okay but I'm staying high I'm staying high okay yeah um and then let's see okay and then shane looks like maybe is 75 the right place to be for soul yeah um i really get there's a very reductionist or explicit part of my mind like ever since i was in middle school I find multiple choice questions very, very hard because I, I have a hard time separating the definition of the word from the actual answer to the question. So it's like without being able to insert what I'm saying with the word soul, I don't know how to answer it. Like, is it my definition of soul? Is it what I think you mean by definition of soul? Is it what I think you're gonna people are gonna hear? That's that the average person point. when they read the questions definition of soul um, yeah. is it my definition uh, as I would project myself on a grander scale of time. Is it like what I'm thinking about right now vis-a-vis -vis this question? Like these might seem trivial to some people. I, I think perhaps I'm a little neurotic in this particular regard, but I, I would say 75 just because um, there's some of the, the less material aspects uh, of my faith that I'm still uh, wrestling with. So, uh, um, that's perfectly reasonable. If I were somebody who had never heard of a soul, um, let's say I'm from some completely undiscovered continent or something. <laughs> uh, however, for some reason I, I learned English and I speak English and, um, I'm trying to understand what you're talking about. Could you, what, how would you help me understand what it is? Well, I, I mean, if you're, if you're going to have a spectrum of what a soul is like roughly, let's say the far left is like more secular and the far right is more what I would define as Christian, the far left definition of a, of a soul, i.e. like some non-material essence to the living being, I'd be like a hundred on that. Um, if you go to the far right and you go, your the soul essence, some some form of non-material essence or reality to a living is a idea. It, uh, I'm just trying to understand what that is. Is an idea non-material essence? Uh, by non-material, I'm trying to capture the uh, lack of measurability or direct. Um, direct access to, to the reality of the thing through the senses or through sense. Yeah. So that's what I'm trying to capture with immaterial and with, um, what did I say? I said, uh, and oh, with the word essence, I'm trying to capture that there is some substantive reality, uh, to the thing. So is there a substantive, substantive, non, non immediately accessible to your sense is reality to a human being that could be called a soul or is commonly called a soul 
a hundred percent yes i i believe that does that uh does that same soul line up with exactly the top 10 christian preconceptions that are commonly articulated about it i'm 75. okay um, does that make sense or is that just too wordy it might um i think i'm trying to i'm trying to understand it is a thing that's not um i'm trying to think of something that does not fit that description so like if is an i is a false idea in other words a completely imaginary thing uh also non-material essence Yeah, I mean, this would kind of relate to some of the questions you asked here. Um, what question? I'm here? mostly just trying to figure out what's not in that category of something that's. Well, um, to, to come back to the yeah. earlier, some of the earlier framing things, like I would put forward that if you believe in an Im, in a immaterial realm. Okay, so at the most base level, you could acknowledge, let's say, uh, information is hard to account for in a purely material way. You could say that you could talk about, um, and then let's say at the other far extreme, you could be the most intuitive person, intuiting, sensing realities that you can't access through any way that's verifiable. Uh, I would put forward for myself that um, there is there is a reality to or an essence in some way to a lot of things that are otherwise only intuited, sensed. Um, so to answer more your question, even if even a false belief to some extent as a as is some sort of budding flower. Of a, of a reality to it on some scale it's like the moment you the moment you're your what are you called so just to be clear false ideas are could maybe be included in this category as well oh, i mean like the fact that it's not raining has a reality to it right okay you know yeah. the fact that people are believing in things that aren't real creates its own reality it has like, i guess from one I'm wondering if there wasn't a, a soul, what would that be? Would that be a well? That would be Lego World of just pure Lego mechanical world. world. That's what I would <laughs> okay. say. Like just, to, I'm just thinking here. If I had to, uh, if you were my friend from the island, you know, from that continent, mm -hmm. I don't know if I'd be able to uh, like sort of abstractly uh, teach you about the soul or bring that idea up but from nature i think we would it would be about animals you know the life in an animal would be about that day uh you shoot a you kill a deer and you're yeah. watching something's happening to it so i'd have to bring it back to reality do I animals think, have souls yeah, do animals have souls that's what i was gonna ask uh, no not a soul no well they have some uh, no not the way a man has a soul well, obviously or not woman. the way a man has a soul, but do, <laughs> <laughs> but do they have souls? Like, 
I'm a little fuzzy on this word. Like I probably okay. The reason it was that. in my head because I was trying to think vaguely of like Aristotle. Isn't that how sort of how the soul discussion kind of comes up? It's about the living essence in a creature that it's more than just mechanical. Um, but see, maybe I'm, see this is the thing. The word soul now in my life, I, like I think this is what Shane's saying with the framing. The, the secular definitions of things are so much like the word soul has so many different uh, meanings, but I think for us, we throw it away and we just want to stick to like biblical definitions. So we're kind of, uh, I don't want to, basically, I don't want to argue for the existence of a soul as it's taught in uh, maybe the beautiful state of California, you know, yeah, or something. just to take a step back. It's like, or our um, modern term, it's too polluted. I'd like to go back to 17, 1600s, like argument about soul, kind of more basic. All right. So um, <laughs> I think I have a fairly decent idea of what we mean when we say souls and how confident we are. Um, last question about souls. Is there um, anything material about souls at all? Are they in any way material? Yes. I want to say yes, okay. too, but it's like material at the limit of what's knowable. It's like um, uh, material. It's material because there's not these neat lines dividing things, like these, these sli the slicing and dicing of reality that we do um, from, like a, from a secular perspective. There, there are shortcuts of like interface constraints and... Um, mm mechanical constraints of our biology and this is demonstrable without recourse to anything theological or or um spiritual and on the other on the other other hand like in, in a religious or sorry a christian sense like unity uh christ being inside you there's a lot of uh the 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 the, the paradox of, of multiplicity and unity existing together um really there's a lot of warning against drawing these these tight lines between things or dividing things arbitrarily so it's not it's not so so for that reason alone it's it's you would say that there's some interdependency at, at minimum right um but is there okay. like a, is, could you like could you eventually sooner or later is there, are you going to put like this under a microscope or on a scale and see like a number go up or down because the soul's entering or, or exiting would you I would, I would probably say no in that in that respect like you're, i don't think you're I don't think you're ever going to pin down with one of the, the traditional classic senses, the soul. So in that sense, I don't think they're okay. material. So. Okay. That's so I'm hearing you say that they, that they have properties of maybe being material, but they'll, we, we will never, you're betting or you're seeming to be confident that there will be no way for any material aspect of a soul to be, to interact with any measurable process. Is that right? I'm, my goal is to understand you, so please let me know if that's provi right. provis Provisionally, considering like we're talking about something where uh, it's very easy for me to be wrong, I would say that's uh, at first blush that sounds correct to me. Okay, Justin, uh, do you concur? Yeah, I can concur. I can concur. Uh, sure, I can. I'll just add this in my um... see the. I'll just the word soul is a little polluted in my head. 
because I mm-hmm. get I get distracted from a problem in mathematics, which is the problem of constructing so-called souls of spaces. And the idea of the soul is uh, for spaces is is uh, it's sort of where the space splits apart. So as a joke, I would tell people like, uh, let's say you're meeting someone and you want to know something about their soul, like their true core identity, like their core identity, you know, not like the easy stuff, like their face or whatever. But if you really wanted to know about their identity, you would put them in a crisis. You know, you don't give them like us. You're not giving us easy questions. You're giving us questions where we're kind of splitting left way, right way. We're not exactly sure. And that has more information in it for you than just a question where, uh, where we're just sort of obviously yes, obviously no. You know, you're, you're not really getting much information on us. So maybe a soul of our epistemology here, if I could use that word like in the math way I'm polluting it, maybe I'm polluting the conversation. Um, but the way I would sort of describe the soul of our epistemology might be those questions where I can't really clearly answer yes or no. Like if you ask me questions where I can't clearly answer yes or no, you're asking kind of sensitive questions that that actually reveal much more than if I yeah, just give a clear yes feel. or a clear no. So that's I find that, yeah. so when I think of a person's soul, I'm thinking of something that's like it's almost contradictory about them, but it's it's the source of everything. Like it's a, it's a, would you would you say that the the question of the existence of a soul is a yes or no question? Like, would you agree that it either is the case or isn't the case? And it that might be an or, issue that we don't. Maybe that is an issue that we don't have a material definition of soul, so we can never clearly detect when it is present or not present. You know, or like Shane's making the point about never being able to measure it. It's just. Uh, sure like you and i would agree that if 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 there's some sort of like spooky man out there uh or if there isn't if there isn't a if there isn't a thing that's false out there but we think the thing is out there we wouldn't be able to detect that it's not there right if it's not in a defined place or if we don't know where to look would you agree to that Maybe there was a double negation that I think uh, confused me. Okay. Um, if a thing, uh, I'm trying to think of, I'm trying to keep it abstract and not come up with a specific example. <laughs> I'm keeping it abstract on purpose. So like imagine something is false, but somebody thinks, and this is like it either can be. Well, I think there don't exist black be, holes. So I'll take that. I think that's a false belief. Okay, that's great. Thank okay. you for pulling that example. Like anything that. that we think is false works. And if you think black holes are false, then that works. I think they're a major um, mathematical error. But we won't get into that, okay. but that's just one example. Like that's a common held belief. It's a part mm-hmm. of our core like pop culture today. But I think it's okay. totally Imagine a time before telescopes or any way to measure anything in space whatsoever other than just looking up. But somebody said that there was black holes and they didn't have any way to i'm sorry shane what no, you it's, fine. Like exhausted. it's fine it's fine no go on go on am i am i throwing this okay, conversation up it's supposed to be no no it's it's just the framing issues are just like grading at my soul 
<laughs> okay. Keep going, keep going. Please speak up if if I, my no, questions are out of line keep, or anything. No, no, like that. You're, you're doing great. You're doing great. Keep going. Okay. Okay. Cool. Imagine though that there was no d direct evidence of black hole, but somebody was saying that there was. Would what would we? Oh, by the way, we, another example would be Mendel. I'm a little derailed by your reaction to that. But what Sorry. was that? Another example would be Mendel when he deduced like existence of alleles and the genes. Mm -hmm. I think he deduced them from like his statistics with the peas, right? But people said there's no evidence for this. So that's an example. I'm sorry, Nathan. I'm throwing you off. I'm going to stick to it. Okay. Yeah, 100 year, million years ago, a guy says uh, there's black holes. He has no direct evidence. I guess okay, the question wait. is, should we would it would we, would we be warranted confidence that there were black holes? What do you mean by there are black holes? Like that's that's the pro. It's 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 true. It's hmm. like the ex there exists something, but it has no positive content. Like, it's just way out, like a million years. I'll, ago. I'll give you an example, right? It's like it's like if we all make up that there's like there's the um, there's the conversation uh, fairy. And the conversation fairy doesn't like it when people talk over each other. And every single time we talk over each other, we start going, oh, dang, that fairy, she's going to be mad at me. Okay. And it like, it starts to be a thing where it's like, we get a weird feeling like when we're talking over somebody, oh yeah, that conversation fairy, right? So the conversation is fairy has taken on some form of reality, right? And if I were to immediately go conversation fairy and you stop the behavior right away, there's a reality to this to the, whatever whatever that conversation fairy thing is or isn't, there's some reality to it that we're creating, okay? So what type of reality it has, whether it's material, immaterial, whether we have evidence for it, whether we could test it or not test it, we could ask all these questions about the conversation fairy, but it's like, it's but there is some way, It's I think it would be obvious from my example, that it is real. So th these questions aren't trivial when you start trying to talk about uh, what do you believe or not to believe? It's I mean, well, in what in what way, right? Like like kids don't believe in the tooth fairy, but it it, mm. it creates a very different reality for every person when they first lose their couple teeth and they think putting that tooth under their pillow is going to have an effect. There's it's it's very different as than I, do you know what I'm getting at, right? I, I kind of do. Although what I'd like to do since we're nearly like uh, 25 minutes into the conversation. Uh, what I'd like to do is try to hurry along at least just a couple more claims and throw them out on the table, and then we can get to the survey. Um, okay. So that way I can uh, better understand um, different topics. Uh, so, uh, Shane, you got a, a manga hat on, and before the show I asked if it was okay if I asked you uh, about whether or not the election was stolen. Where are you on a scale between 0 and 100 about that? Uh, 85. 85 that it was that stolen. It was. Yeah. Okay. And Justin, how about you? Um, I mean, now I'll just go 100. <laughs> okay. I mean, 90, uh, like, my man. <laughs> just say it's tragic. It's guys, it's it's dark out here right now. Eh? It's a dark night. Okay. I'm not even American. It's horrible. And um, alrighty, there we go 85 and 100. But these, uh, I want to say we we come to these numbers with some evidence, or I mean, we're not just yeah. Uh, that's what I want to dig into. Even your um, definition of evidence. Okay, great. 
Uh, and then um, let's pick some things that I think we would uh, both agree uh, is false. So I can see where you would place a false number on your scale. Um, the earth is flat. Where would you be on that? <laughs> it's it's I'm a hundred percent negative. So a hundred percent negative. Okay. Yeah. But there is meaning to saying that I like what Jonathan Pajot says when he says the earth is flat and the heavens are spherical. Subjectively, it's a hundred percent. Subjectively, it's 70%, 70 out of a hundred flat. Objectively, it's like zero flat. I'll say that. And it's spherical. Spherical. It could be hollow, though. We talked about this like the other week, which is why I bring it up. Only because I'm curious to know on the same scale what kind of number you would attribute it to. Um, and I'm hearing you say, if somebody said the earth was flat, you would have no confidence. That's essentially what I'm hearing. What, what, what confidence, no confidence would you have in this statement? I am a round earther, Nathan. If somebody said I am a round earther, if, if someone, if someone, to what extent would you ascribe the phrase "I am a round earther" to yourself? Zero to a hundred, hundred being affirmative. Well, so are you asking my confidence in? my own preference whether or not the earth is round no no or are you I, asking me my confidence no, what, that the earth is round no whether you're comfortable at taking on the label of being a round earther oh sure i mean i'm comfortable with that yeah. <laughs> are you okay yeah i i will be a martyr to the round earth any day of the week nathan i'll be right beside you there brother okay all right um and uh, any other claims that you think I should know or any other things you want to throw out there Ooh, that you wouldn't mind putting on the scale and you can just pick anything you want? Uh, alien life, existence of alien life. Just okay. to be discovered within, uh, let's say, 500 years? I don't know. That we will Okay, well, so like, is the claim that there is there are aliens out there somewhere? It could even or be little mold on a planet. Some sort of uh, is there one fern on one planet way out there? Sure, yeah, I would. You know, I mean, I would be willing to wager that's probably the actually case. a fern is probably reasonable. Be. That's that's maybe too reasonable. Okay, what do you what what do you think, Shane? Do you have an opinion on that or any a number yeah, to throw out for your confidence in that? A hundred. 100. Okay. So um, we, we believe that's the case. So now I'd go 1% confident. I'd say I'm basically 1% confident. I don't think there's any aliens out there. Oh, okay. That's fascinating. So there's like a difference. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. So why did you, Shane, I'm curious, why did you attribute uh, a one? I also am probably like, I don't know, in that neighborhood of numbers. Um, why did I attribute a hundred, sorry? No, I'm in like the lower territory, uh, personally. Bradley and life? Yeah, I mean, I think I'd say it's like hypothesis range. Oh, geez, Louise. I, I definitely um, think that it's something that's plausible. Uh, there's, funnily enough, I was actually going to ask a question based on another lecture from this same fellow. He, he just talked about... So in, 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 in physical reality, if you're looking from like a chemistry, biology, physics type of perspective. 
especially if you think the laws of physics and, and chemistry are consistent throughout the universe. There's only like so many solutions uh, to like ways molecules can form, gravity operates the same, et cetera, et cetera. So when you start uh, mapping out how, uh, and then again, they, they think the universe is kind of uniform. They found some evidence recently that the rate of expansion in different parts varies, but by and large, like the, the kind of status quo opinion is that any direction you look in the universe, it's roughly the same thing you're seeing. So you have this like infinite pool of the same thing in every direction, which is the same as what's here, all operating under the same laws, all, you know, all the order and entropy acting in the same manner. Um, so, I mean, it's it's like you, you run the same experiment a million, a zillion times, and you only get our result yeah. once. I just that doesn't make sense. Um, so, Justin, you were at a you were at a one. Could right. you ask Shane a question that would make you believe what he's saying to be at a hundred? What question would satisfy your one to get you at a hundred about? I want to ask about him about what kind of experiment does he think is being uh, repeated or like, um, see, I find people approach this usually like probability point of view, you know, like, um, well, you know, we're just, if, if all those random, have, a, question a question you could ask that would get, that would get, if, if it had a satisfying answer would draw you to Shane's number or high at least on the scale. Okay. Shane, have you seen any evidence that there's any planet, which is say 1% as habitable as our planet for humans? In other words, can you, has there been any planets detected, which are not total death, i.e. totally filled with noxious gases and maybe just totally gas planets or uh, they have no atmosphere like most planets, I think, are – I'm just asking them. You know, these so-called uh, – what do they call it? You know, they're looking for blue planets. I don't think they've found they – really No, they, they haven't. But, I mean, they're, they're finding – as the technology – like there's what? There's like three or four standard ways of detecting objects moving around other stars. And as they keep refining them, like they've even, they've even in, the last, in the last couple months, they've found planets around Alpha Centauri. That are in the quote unquote habitable zone. So what I what I've witnessed over the last three or four years is like a trend to war towards more and more Earth-sized planets, more and more of them inside the habitable zone. Um, I mean, they don't have the the spectrometry or whatever it's called that would allow them to actually detect what type of elements are on them. I can't remember the name of the telescope that's supposed to come out in the next decade. I think it's going to have some ability to get some rough idea of what kind of elements are on these planets. If I, if I recall correctly, my memory's not the best for these things, but I mean like my intuition from the trends I've seen, I don't think it's just me projecting my desire for there to be aliens on, on top of it, but I, I think it is moving towards, yeah, this greater increasing probability. So I, I'm using, I'm definitely using my intuition to fill in the gap, but I mean, it kind of aligns with, the other pieces of evidence that I have for how I think reality is constructed. So, all right, uh, Shane, do you have a question for Justin that would bring you to a, a zero or a one? 
well, Justin, do you think there's something like implicit within God's plan for creation that would have him only make things on earth that have like, uh, that are like, have had life breathed, breathed into them that I'm missing? Uh, I guess I just think the Bible makes it clear that whatever's happening on this planet is the center of God's eye. Like everything's focused on what's happening here. Basically everything else out there. Okay, hold on. Maybe I'm not answering your question. Yes. Do you think there's something like I'm missing that, uh, that would prohibit or prevent God from having breathed life into other creatures or framed the other way or, or something that's, that makes you believe that it was only breathed in here for a particular purpose. Because I, I, t I tend to think that what the Bible excludes or doesn't talk about, it's doesn't it's not it's not necessarily rendering an opinion on it. I think the I think the way Revelation structured is it's very keen on delineating what it's delineating for the reasons it's delineating them, and not necessarily to to pontificate on what that says about completely unrelated frames or topics. Um, if if you follow me there, if it wasn't too many. So great. I feel like we hashed out a lot of uh, claims. We've got three on the table, maybe four. Uh, we talked about um, a, the existence of a soul. Uh, we talked about um, whether or not the election was stolen, um, Earth is flat, and uh, also whether or not there's life out in the universe. So that gives me kind of an idea of where you guys are on that on those positions. So I suppose uh, now's a good time as ever to get to the survey. And um, I usually like to start with number 19 on the survey. Both of you filled this out beforehand. Um, 19 is, I often investigate beliefs that do not match my own. Uh, and it looks like both of you have uh, slightly agree to that. Um, it looks like all of you agree uh, to 19. Looks like you both agree to 20. Thank you for going back and forth, Reed. Um, I'm interested about number 23 here is, oh, so it's beneficial to find out when I'm wrong about something. Both of you have slightly agree. Um, if any one of these four claims that we talked about today, if it turned out that we were on the wrong side of our confidence scale and we found reliable information that would drag us to the other side, would we want that for ourselves? And let's start with you, Shane, I, I suppose. Or, uh, yeah, let's start with you, Shane. If, if if you found out to your satisfaction that the truth was for any one of these things, whether it's flat earth or uh, soul or um, life existing out there, would you be okay with being on the other side? Would you want to be on whatever side is true? Yes, definitely. I don't know why I didn't fully agree with that. I can't remember the logic. I just changed it. Okay, great. Yeah, no, I, I encourage you, and that's great. Um, and it sounds like both of you are comfortable with saying you don't know, and um, uh, it's beneficial to find out when you're wrong about something. That's awesome. I agree also. Uh, 22, I will uh, abandon a belief if I discover reliable information that falsifies it. Okay, so like if we're confident in an idea, 
though we we reliably falsify it and we discover that our idea isn't the case is there any idea we would protect from this falsification is there any idea that we have in which we is there any reason to not be strongly agree to that i guess to number 22 i will abandon a belief if i discover reliable information that falsifies it so this would be to our own satisfaction something shows us that this idea isn't the case well there's, there's some beliefs that don't rely upon reliable information i think that's why i didn't fully agree mm. the priest okay, yeah. yeah i i get you um if though to your satisfaction there was something that could be reliably falsified and you and you saw that it was falsified would you um ever resist shifting your confidence for any uh, one of your beliefs part of me surely would for for psychological and uh energy I mean, that's really honest of you <laughs> for sure uh i, I feel mean, like i would probably be resistant to some ideas too uh yeah. yeah, I mean, what do you think, Justin? Well, first off, like, basically, I don't think you can build anything on a lie. If something's what, what the point I want to make. Hold on, like in Boolean logic, I don't like how they represent true or false as just zero or one. Because it makes it seem as if, like, in a way, you could live your life by lies and live your life by truth. Like, you could just take it or leave it. You know, if it's a zero or one, it seems like, ah, it makes no difference if it's a one or it's a zero. You know, you can just proceed and live the same. But I think there there has to be something totally different about truth. Like, and I think Wittgenstein makes this point. Like, if you have a proposition, maybe I repeated this last time. If you have a, like a proposition P, it's a well-formed proposition, then it makes like positive statements, you know, and you can compare it to the world. It either matches or it does not match. There's either some correspondence or not some correspondence. So if it's true, then things are going to correlate in the sentence the way they correlate like in reality when you compare. But the negations of statements, like when something is false, if I say my statement is false, it doesn't really paint a picture anymore. I think Wittgenstein would argue that not P, it doesn't really have any positive elements to it. Mm. And I find this, this happens in math a lot where they, they just prove statements. They just prove negative statements all the time and it just becomes very, very abstract. And yeah. um, math is one of those things where you, cause I'm hearing you say the truth isn't always black and white. I'm hearing you say things like the truth isn't always like oh, am I math saying is. that? Oh, am I saying that? Oh, correct me if I'm not understanding you. My goal is to paraphrase what you're saying. I want to say it as like a different substance to it. You can you can build things on it. Uh-huh. And that's kind of vague, I guess. That's a kind of metaphor. You can build things on it, but a lie like that's the reason why uh if you're gonna be a compulsive if you're gonna be a liar, if you're gonna be a liar, you have to be a compulsive liar. You're going to have to lie about a million things because there's always things that are uncovering that lie. But if you just stick to the truth, you don't have to 
invent things, you know, to support the truth. You can have that confidence that the truth is the truth is the truth. Yeah. There's so I think we're probably going to get something essentially to this different sort it. of discussion once we get to number one. Foremost, though, I just wanted to see how comfortable you were with adjusting about what's true. I think that's what 19 through 20, yeah, I never answer your uh, questions, 24 sorry. does. That's okay. We'll, we'll get around to it. Um, I think it was uh, so 23. This one's um, interesting because this was an old survey somebody else made and myself and a couple other street epistemologists kind of like changed some of the wording on this to, and number 23 was one that we changed. The more unusual the statement, the stronger the evidence needs to be. And so there was a difference here. Uh, so it's fun because we're all three on some different place on the spectrum. So I'm in the strong agree category. Um, and it looks like, is it Shane that's in the neutral? And then I think Justin is in the strongly disagree category. I'm in the neutral. Yes. You're in the neutral. Yeah. So, um, so Justin, if you strongly disagree, why did you dis disagree? The more unusual the statement, the stronger the evidence needs to be. I, well, I want to keep in mind. I know something happens where if you present somebody with some evidence, some potentially falsifying evidence, I know the mind can like just rationalize and rationalize it over and over. Like people do not want to admit they're wrong. And even me, you know, I mean, if you, uh, if, let's say, so sh when I was asking Shane about uh, evidence for human life, okay, he points to, well, they're discovering, they are discovering a few more uh, Goldilocks planets, you know? So I'll say, okay, I, let me look into that. Let me get back to you. Um, meaning, I'm not going to just give up right away, right? I'm going to kind of test it and be a little, like, scrutinize it a little. And then maybe even come up with some more rationalizations. Like that's the that's the human weakness, you know. We don't want to. We had an opinion. You know, we're not just going to surrender it if somebody uh, sneezes at it. You know. We Let me ask you this: When you first hear something, you have no information about. So this is I'm keeping this abstract. If you hear a claim for the very first time that you have no basis of understanding, however, somebody says it confidently to you and it's really unusual to you is your starting point to believe them with high degree of confidence i want to i don't know not necessarily i'm uh you know what i'll do i'll try to remember as accurately as i can what he said the person said mm -hmm. and maybe i'll be curious about it and look into it a little I but okay. I don't know if that answers it, but I don't care how confident he is. You know what happened is I went to school and I realized all like the PhDs and professors are total idiots. So that's like my background. Okay. I have like just total zero confidence in the elite academics. Like it, that's yeah, a problem let, with specialization. Let's say in this instance, you don't know this person at all. You know okay. nothing about this person. Somebody just says okay. something really unusual to you. It's a claim about our shared reality. It's a, yeah, I'm at it's a gas a station and some guy with no teeth tells me he was abducted by aliens when he was younger. Yeah. Okay. I might buy him a drink and just ask him some more like questions. <laughs> I don't know. It's, sure. it is personal. I want to say it's very subjective and I don't have like mm -hmm. a strict, um, 
operating procedure, you know, for how to deal with new information. Okay, I'll, I'll throw out uh, three claims and just throw out number. This is lightning round. Um, okay. Claim number one, and, and then these aren't hypotheticals. These are true, okay? Okay. Uh, and I want you to tell me where you are on the scale. Okay. Uh, I, I personally own a car. Nathan owns a car. Yeah, I believe Where it. are you on the scale of confidence for that? Sure, Maybe. why not? Sure, okay. Would you I, give it a number? 80. 80, own a car. yeah, okay. I got to go 50-50. Like, you could own a car, not own a car. I don't know. Uh, it's There's nothing obstructing uh, you from sure. owning a car. Like, I think you could own a car. You have all the opportunities okay. to own a car. Although, I don't know. How old are you? So you'd be 50. That's cool. Lightning round. All right. Next one. I, I own three cars. No. Less three, likely. Three cars. Okay. You want to give it a number? 40. Ah. Uh, okay. I give it a ten percent. Yeah, I know. Budget right. ten, ten's better. Because you're wearing that hoodie, that's why. Yeah, yeah. No guy yeah, owns three cars. Never wore that hoodie. Three cars. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I own three cars, and one of them is invisible. Well, ugh. no, I don't believe you. Okay. Would you be like, what? What numbers would you give that? Zero, because I don't think there exist any invisible Zero. objects. Yeah. Okay. Was one of these statements more unusual than the other ones? And if so, does that mean would you would you judge your confidence off of hearing these? I know I see you laughing, Shane, but I'm sincere. I, love it. I know I love it with love number twenty three. Uh, would we judge off of the claim alone? and nothing else, our confidence on a scale when we first hear something? And if so, is the unusual nature of the claim justification enough to be somewhere else on our scale? I mean, I think I catch a point here. Well, I, I went in the middle for Slicey because... I really needed to see this statement act itself out in reality to decide where I was going to fall on it. So mm -hmm. the, the reason I was laughing is I'm like, I'm like watching, you know, your, 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 your action plan for acting this out. It's like, Oh, well, I, I've made an increasingly unusual statement and your confidence has dropped. So um, does that lead you to believe that, that perhaps you would require more evidence for that confidence number to have gone up. Yeah, I've got more unusual. Is is is? And then, can we look at can we look at the survey again? And, and, and how would that correspond to the answer you gave earlier? Is is it perhaps a uh, an <laughs> there that I'm detecting You're that you yourself into? Oh, okay. Uh, so no, it's it's good. It's good. Sorry, so, I don't I don't mean to have like a pretentious tone or anything. No, no, um, no, no. I, I meant that in a, in a friendly kind of like it's clever. I, yeah. I like what you're doing. It's. I, I went in the middle for this exact reason, and oh, I walked right into the trap. Though that's fine. Did any did anyone want to change your answer? If you do, go ahead and do so now. Uh, I, I I guess from the get go, I did feel like this something about this kind of led me to believe it was going to be turned around on me in a weird way. It was going to be uh, number twenty one. I just want to reiterate the reason why I start with this section is because this is about how comfortable we are with changing our minds, and sometimes it's like. Um, 
but I see here there's a, a a strong agree to number twenty one, and I am there you know as what, well. You know what's good? Though, good. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go full agree with the last one. Yeah, sure. Feel free to at any point change any of your answers. Um, Think about it. Yeah, the, the last one is twenty four. That one's really interesting. Um, I've in all the times I've ever done the survey, I've only had one person disagree to to the last one. <laughs> It was a very weird talk. <laughs> Javon. Well, the last one's like tautological because I'm fallible. So, of course, it's absolutely certain that mm. it's possible that I'm wrong. Jeez. Right. Justin, what's what's more unusual what's than more the statement, I am the, I am the literal son of God? Nothing. And, and what is stronger evidence than resurrecting yourself from the dead? Boom. Fully agree. Mm hmm Cool. Uh, well, I feel like we are, uh, yeah, just to glance at this at the very end, we both agree it's possible that some of our beliefs are not true. That's 24. Um, great. And it looks like we're generally in agreement with 21. Um, it is beneficial to find out when I'm wrong about something. And I'm with you there, too. Um, any questions uh, on this? Well, let me say 21. Maybe we should say more. Sure. It's beneficial, like... At the beginning, Shane was uh, commenting on like last time, you know, we were uh, too much framing about what's desirable, what's good, what's better, you know, the comparisons. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, for some people, 21, I mean, I know people, it would totally destroy their whole personality, their ego, if they found out they were wrong about something, mm -hmm. you know? Um, right. Let's say some unknown social political affiliations, let's say, et cetera, et cetera. But mm -hmm. if you're actually interested in, like I'd say I, I believe Jesus Christ is the son of God because I just want to live. Mm -hmm. You know, like the very, uh, I just want to save my skin. Like I'm just, I'm convinced that if you don't believe that, you're just going to be obliterated. So you know, if like, you didn't believe that anymore, would that would you find that? Well, that'd be my future. No, that would be my end. My end would be an end of, uh, like, in the future. My future end would be back to dust. Imagine uh, for a I moment saying? you were at a zero for the claim of a higher power in general. What would be different for you? What would be different? Yeah. I mean, that's the whole... Uh, Imagine what would be different. Everything would be different. Uh -huh. I, I can't even think of what that would be. That used to be me. That that's like uh, that's a pathetic creature. So I would just say we'd have to go back in time to see what a younger Justin was. That you'd see wonder, there's a difference. I wonder if you had the same amount of like grace, or if you were a little bit more fiery, like uh, I was a selfish jerk. Yeah, I, I I would imagine desperate would imagine. for uh, what's the word? Yeah, I, I could I could see you being a lot more. I don't even know how to say it, but uh, yeah, yeah, the selfishness could be. I think would be a lot more palpable. I think I would suspect. Hmm. Would you have no reason to be selfless? No, that's secular crap. No, I don't think so. Okay, well, th this is this is where, like, if I was if I was guiding uh, the line of questioning, if I if I had made up my survey, 
um, uh, I would be hammering into like, how can you make any claims about better, worse, any anything that's not descriptive? I don't understand how how you, Nathan, or Reed can say anything that's not descriptive from your from your belief set. Anything like, I don't that's know. not descriptive. Yeah, like I don't know how you make any kind of normative claim because I don't know what you ground your definition of better or worse in. Like, for instance, in a nutshell, Sam Harris says, hey, mm -hmm. there's this vague concept that I can't define or measure or otherwise can't be inconsistent about that I'm going to call human flourishing or human welfare, and I'm going to claim that I want to support things that move in that direction. Why that is the case, I, I can't say. It's it's but it's it's self-evident that that's desirable. So I agree with you that that will make a fantastic discussion And maybe what we could do is do that for the next time um, Yes, though. Yes. I think for today We should probably stick to the four ideas that we had and maybe the survey as well. So let's go to the top uh, yeah. of the survey um, Are you okay with that Shane or do you have any questions for me before we move on to the next thing? No, no, that, no that's totally fine. That's totally fine Co Groovy man. Thanks. Um, all right so it looks like both of you gave the same answer to number one. Um, number one is really just trying to establish what the truth means to us before we get into a discussion about what is true or what to consider true. Um, and so uh, let's see here. Yeah, thank you, Reed. A statement is true when it corresponds to reality. Is there any reason to be hesitant on that or if we are hesitant what would be a better way to describe what's true or the truth or how to consider something true statement is true when it persists in embodied reality is how i'd want to say it when it persists in embodied reality okay how is that different than Corresponding. Corresponding corresponding puts this locus on some implied agent that is assessing the correspondence between the statement and reality. Um mm. and it's putting a lot of a lot that who's defining whether it corresponds or not and how one would determine that is doing a lot of work in generating the truth. Um so that's that's whereas whereas um statement is true when it persists what did i say an embodied reality is actually saying reality is determining what's true not my ability to decide it corresponds okay um all right justin do you have um... well i th i th i think what shane is making the point there that um, that the statement Basically, I think there has to be a human subject that makes a statement. And so the statement is true when it cor when it corresponds to the subject's reality. I think maybe Shane's trying to um, – the reality there is not necessarily like just in the mind, abstract in the subject, but we want to make it a statement about like physical reality. Is that what you're trying to make, Shane? Like, I guess the issue is I could agree with this statement or not agree, depending on what we say with, uh, yeah, the reality. Well, it, depends what, it depends what you mean by corresponds. 
like I, I just like the idea of um, a lot of things are have like a lot of things that are even ridiculous have some measure of truth to them. It's as they collide with reality uh, over time that reveals to what extent they're true or to what extent they're ultimately extinct or not true. And that's that's the way I the way I look at things, you know, because depending on on how one manifests one's own generative capacity and depending on, on what God wills, a lot of things can come into reality that weren't in reality when they were initially stated. So it's it's the persistence in an embodied reality. So help me understand. Uh, this is the old street epistemology trope, but I have Tic Tacs. Yes. In, uh, and if I say the number of Tic Tacs in here is even, um, how is uh, this? So I'm hearing you say a, uh, a statement is true when it corresponds with the subject's reality. Is that was is that another way to phrase it? I think Reed trying, was trying to Reed was trying to summarize what we were saying. Yeah, yeah. And I'm reading so back. Justin here. said what? how it corresponds to the subject reality. I said how it persists in an embodied reality. Because I want to how make it the persists. point. Sorry. I'm just repeating what I heard. So it persists in an embodied reality. Um so count them in out. What way? Count them out and then tell uh -huh. me how many there are, and we'll see how true it is. Okay, so it exists in embodied reality. Okay, so it sounds like I, I, we are in agreement that um, a thing that's false would be something that's not embodying physical reality, a statement that doesn't embody. Is that right, Shane? Yes, yes. Okay. So like, for instance... I'm just trying to get the, the opposite of what it is. Yeah, so for instance, like is. the manifestation of the Holy Spirit's throughout time mm -hmm. in the form of saints has shown mm -hmm. the persistent truth of the reality of Jesus Christ because we've seen yeah. the embodiment of the Holy Spirit through the body of Christ, the church, the saints over time reveal the truth of his reality, right? So that would be an example of of how in the physical realm we've, we've seen the uh, the truth of, uh, of his resurrections and glory. Yeah. So just to be clear, on um, whether or not life exists um, outside in the in the universe, outside of Earth, that was another one of our claims, right? Uh, that we would call that statement false if it wasn't embodied, if if that description wasn't embodied in reality in some way. Yes, exactly. So to go back to what I said to Justin is like I see like a, a directional arrow arrow metaphorically. Uh, a directional arrow of the evidence and breadcrumbs of what's being discovered that's moving towards something that I eventually will think sure. will point to something. So I, I'm cool with these definitions. Uh, we're just trying to get whether or not we understand each other on it. And I think uh, I'm ready to move on to the next one. Uh, number two. But even we all share this. Sorry. Go ahead, Justin. <laughs> so Go ahead. sorry, Nathan. Like, is there. Anything to add to that? It's really important that we agree on number one. And I, I feel like we do. We're just using different words, maybe. I think I'm making a, a little bit of a stink that a proposition, I think, has no 
like there's no it, there has to be a human subject that interprets that proposition i think that's what i'm saying yeah so even your statement were, that, sorry even your statement about the number of tic tacs being odd or even like the odd or even that's kind of an abstract kind of number thing arithmetic mm-hmm. like we could agree a number is even if it's divisible by two or something but when Shane, I think, is getting to the persistent, it has to be a persistent embodied reality, back to your tic-tac, we would want to say that every time you count those tic-tacs, it's always going to be even. Like, it's not just good enough if you just count it once and it's even. Well, It's a statement about it's- what happens every time you measure that, that uh, pack of tic-tacs. It's like a statement that's going to hold for all time that pack well it's it's even slipperier than that right because like how many tic tacs are in that that thing it's like it's like for instance how many votes were cast would you agree that there is a number <laughs> you have well, to count it well that's the thing you you have it's like it's schrodinger's cat right it's like well how many votes were cast all of a sudden mm-hmm. the definition of a cast vote and how many there are or aren't goes into question right and then some some set of the population might question, well, were certain votes found under a table? Were those votes cast or not cast? You know, like, so but then we pull them out from under a table on security footage and maybe we look into it, maybe we don't, right? You know, maybe while you're counting the Tic Tacs, you know, one falls away. Do you notice it? Do you not notice it? So if like, if you don't notice that one fell away and all of a sudden it flipped from odd to even, was it always odd or did it become even? You know, what was the truth before you didn't notice that one tic-tac that disappeared in your counting process? Okay, you know, like, so I'm hearing you say, yeah, and I agree with all that. Did it Was it one number and did it turn into another number? And I guess I'm just trying to figure out whether or not we agree that there is an answer given a certain set in time. Yes. Like before I open this box to eat a tic-tac, there is a number right now that is accurate. And then yes. there's yeah. all, there's lots of numbers that are inaccurate principle, too. Yes. Principle, yes. In principle, yes. Absolutely. Sure. Okay. And the only reason why we say that is because there's a ton of numbers that are inaccurate that we know are not accurate. And just to be clear, so we're Seven. all on the same page, we, we agree that there, we can misinterpret the number and our idea of what's true is just the opposite of that. Would you agree? In principle, yes. The opposite of misinterpreting the number. In principle, absolutely, yes. All right, cool. All right. Number two, we all share the same reality and only interpret it differently. What did I answer? I had one one there as a slightly agree and another answer that was slightly disagree. I would just slightly agree. Feel free to switch it up now if you want. Um, I'm gonna stick with that. Who disagreed? I kind of i I hate to be so disagreeable, but I swear that's my whole uh, stick. That's the only yeah. It's it's the only way I get anywhere. It's it's a lot of fun. (laughs) (laughs) Or it's just it's okay. Well, honestly, it's very productive. I'll tell you that if you just nod your head and say yes to everything. We all share the same reality and only interpret it differently. How about this? Let's see that word reality. Yeah. Let's let's say the three of us share this 
Zoom call, or I guess this, uh, whatever, this discussion. We're online right now talking to each other. We're just interpreting this discussion differently. I think Would it's you the word share that? that's churning me off. It's like, anyway. Yeah, I'm, go okay. on, go on. Well. Tell me more. Usually people have a gripe with the word reality. <laughs> and that's usually what I bump up against a lot. Yeah, I think that's going on here when I say I disagree. Because... <laughs> Well done, Reed. Just our dictionaries you know, are different. So I think in that sense, like our just our propositions are different. And okay, do we disagree in the definition of StreamYard chat, do you think? No, no, we're good here. Yeah. Like in this little setting, because we've been talking and we've been finding that Thanks, uh, some common terms there. It took some it takes some effort, you know what I mean? Like Nathan's constantly uh -huh. checking in to make sure we are using the same words, you know, like in a coherent so I think sure what's saying is understanding people, these words the same. I guess I'm saying I disagree because most people's views are incoherent, mutually like okay. incoherent. They're not in common, and they definitely interpret it differently. If we change this word "reality" to the universe, we all share the same universe. Sure, I'm with you. And interpret it differently would would that be easier to agree with? I would agree with that. Yeah. Okay. Strongly agree, even. <laughs> Great. <laughs> what do you think, Shane? Do you think we're sharing the same universe and only interpreting it differently? Yes, that one I I, I go up to strongly. You switch the word unit to word universe. Yeah. Awesome. Feel free to switch up your answers at any time. Number three. Truth depends on the opinions and beliefs of people. I have I, one I got thrown agree. off. Because it starts, that's a truth with a capital T. But I don't think you mean that one. Right. No, he doesn't mean that one, dude. <laughs> Is what's true ever dependent on what anyone thinks? Is what true small t? Sure. It's like, are you asking us, does the does the consensus, does the majority consensus depend on the opinions and beliefs of people? No, you're not asking us that. I don't think he's asking um, Let me ask a different question. Is it possible for everyone to agree that something is true and for everyone to be uh, wrong or mistaken? Yes. Sadly, yes. That's yeah. the human okay. fallibility. But... Okay. But on the flip side, the more people agreeing about something does tend towards there being more truth there. It tends in some instances. Okay. People, people believing in things starts to generate a reality around the thing that's being believed in. Even if it's, even if it's completely false, when one person believes it, by the time 100 people believe it, there, there, is, there might not be the truth they think they're believing in being created but there is a truth being created there. So it's there's a there's a causal effect in reality from people believing in something that you might decide that might be false. A million people believing in a false thing creates a causal reality from that belief that has a truth to it that enables there to be some truth in that belief. Like it's not it's not so are you saying right now that if everyone changed their mind, we all we all were uh, in the negative territory for a flat Earth when we were talking about beliefs earlier? Um, are you saying that if 
50% of the population or more change their mind and all believe they're I'm, I'm saying if would I'm that saying change on, what's true? I'm saying if on January 7th, 100% mm -hmm. of the American population believed and nothing had changed previous except this one thing, if on that day 100% of people believed the election had been stolen, yeah, that would change things. Regardless of regardless of what merits there were or weren't and with perfect information on the 6th. If on the 7th, 100%... So, Do you agree, Justin? Um, I mean, I could agree to that. Uh, like what I'm just thinking of is, I don't want to sound totally crazy about uh, going back to like black holes and the physics side. That's just kind of on my mind lately. What you know, be like Hollywood. Every movie involves an actor or a director. Your stories can involve physicists. Okay. Um, people find it totally implausible that Einstein could have been mistaken. They find it like just impossible. They just find it totally impossible that physics could have been on the wrong track for 100 years. You know, mm -hmm. since uh, Einstein's like 19. What do you think about number three here, though? Okay, I'm sorry. You, okay, you got to keep me. Does close. the truth depend on what people think? If everyone changed their minds to, on tomorrow about. Okay, no, I want to say no. No, it doesn't. Is depend. what's true going to change? Isn't that what the opposite of what you said, though? What did Justin say? It is like that, eh? Yeah. No, the real the truth. The real truth. It you does really not disagree depend. with the statement, though, didn't you? Oh, yeah, I fully disagree. Truth depends on the opinions. Maybe because I'm being loose in my mind with the definition of truth this year. I, I keep thinking in this. What's case, your final answer then? We're we're on. Can you change your answer in the survey? Okay, truth depends on the so opinion. Who wants to be a millionaire? You, you disagree with the statement. You, you strongly you are... disagree. It has no dependence. It's totally independent of their uh, Roger yeah. and beliefs. Okay, so me and you, yes, me and you are different on this. I I, I agree with the statement. Okay, um, no, I disagree. Okay, and that's because you believe, uh, Shane, that if everyone changed their mind about something tomorrow, then that would change what's true. Is that right? Correct me if that's not right. Uh, yeah, I, I would just slightly like to, to change the phrasing. It's like people, people's belief in things change, begins to change what's true. That's, that statement is, is perfect. Oh, my beliefs change, have a causal correlation to what's true? Has a causal effect on reality. People's beliefs if, have a causal effect on reality, which begins uh -huh. the process of changing what is true and what's not true. So this is just a, a weird question, but it's tying back to one of the statements we made earlier today about a higher power. If everyone tomorrow stopped believing in a higher power, let's say the correct answer is that there is a higher power right now. Um, but everyone just changed their mind and stopped believing. Would there no longer be a higher power, or would that have any effect on? The it it power? would. What, what what ended up happening is like Jesus talks about certain cities he would go to, and there wasn't enough belief there for him to work his uh, to work his good works like curing and healing. Um, so if everyone turns away from God, which is the same as saying they turn away from death, then yes, God's life-giving good influence recedes 
and bad and death expand. So in that mm. way, God's truth in reality, small t truth in reality would recede. The level of death and non-existence would rise and the light would start to go out, you know? So that's, so that's what would And I don't want to spend too much more time on this because uh, I do want to make sure that we get through the survey. Though, can you just give me a quick synopsis as to why you think this is the case? I think it's just it's it's just a descriptive uh it's it's a tautology from from the way I view reality in a descriptive sense. Like that's what the words mean. Like I, I don't oh, know. Oh, it's what the word true means? Yes, it's 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 just what the word means. Like okay, I view reality if I'm wrong, we talked about truth before as embodied reality, like whether or not the the statement in question is embodied. But yeah, pers is that the right? persistence of embodiment, right? So if I yeah. start if I start to have a belief in something, that's gonna change, <laughs> would that change the, way the, yeah. the would that change the embodied nature of a higher power if we changed our mind? It would it would it would change the uh the way that concept or entity persists in an embodied reality. So my belief in God is like for instance, the beginning of the Lord's Prayer, may his mm -hmm. will be done. May earth come be on heaven as on earth, right? It's like you're not mm -hmm. acting, you're not asking for that statement to be true or false. You're asking for a change in reality moving forward, right? Okay. You're asking and for a certain course of events to come from your your belief. So does the embodied number of tic tacs change? And this will be like one of my final questions. Well, it, it well, again, it does. It four. does. It's like when you count it. You have yeah. a belief that you you didn't drop one of those tic tacs while you counted it, right? Yeah. Let's say we let's for the sake of argument, let's say we miscounted, and so we had reason to believe they were even when in fact they were odd. Would would our belief that they were even even change the embodied nature of their oddness? Well. Okay, so maybe I'll, maybe I'll rephrase your question. If we have a mm -hmm. perfect machine to measure objectivity, does it change? Does the perfect objective reading of things change based on my truth value? Instantly, instantaneously? No, absolutely not. So if 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 by if we had recourse to a perfect counting mechanism of said phenomena, my just in and of itself, my believing that the perfect counting device was should read a different number in and of itself would not change it. That's not the point I'm trying to make. I'm not saying that you can just will an objective fact to change. What I'm saying is, is that, sorry. Oh, sorry. I was no, just going to ask if Justin had anything to add or a question to ask before we move on to the next one or if there was. Well, I think what else. I'm hearing Shane's, I think it's co consistent. Um, what is the case? depends in some respect on people's actions. Uh, so like our statement, statement propositions about like eternal things d obviously don't depend on people's opinions or actions, but uh, like statements about the price of uh, gold, spot price of gold tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it, that makes sense. I feel like maybe that's what Shane's saying is like, what is the case in the, our world? What we're going to see in this world obviously depends on not just us, 
you know, it is dependent on the people around us. So I think, you know, I think when we're, um, Nathan, I think the truth there, that way you're asking the question, like truth depends on the opinions and beliefs of people. I think maybe mm -hmm. that's like, I, uh, I think Robert, that's kind of too abstract truth, you know, but there's other truth, like more kind of basic um, empirical truths obviously depends on the state of the world, which depends on uh, people's decisions, opinions, beliefs, actions, uh, et cetera. Mm. Is that kind of a yeah, fair middle ground there? Or like maybe that's where we're getting, um, maybe that's what we're tripping over. Well, I think I'd, what I'd like to do is just um, think about what you had said um, and consider it as we move forward. And if you guys have any questions for me, I'm open to it. Otherwise, I'm ready to move to number four. No problem. Uh, cool. People create words and define their meaning. And I'm usually shocked. I, I don't, I'm not used to seeing a lot of disagrees to number four. Is there anything other than people that create words and define what they mean? No, maybe I meant I strongly agree. Maybe I kind of agree or disagree. <laughs> it's the world. Like, we don't just shape words with our eyes closed. Like, if, if, if you and I had a different understanding of what truth means, um, that, that might be problematic for a discussion. <laughs> Though, do people generally have their own concepts for words independently of others? Yes, they do. Okay. And do people create words? Like, we might not know for certain exactly, like, who invented or if if anyone, like, worked together to collaborate to invent language or whatever. It probably just, like, slowly came about over time. Well, Though, look how is there fast. any reason to believe Sorry. that something other than people has created words and defined what they mean? Like any reason not to be strongly agree. Do, 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 do you mean people as a group or people as a person? I'm a uh, good question. I'm just looking for any reason to disagree to this statement. You, you can go first, Justin. I, I want to say something like, uh, okay, I want to run my mouth. There's, um, I have to sit in the dark for a bit to think of a good way to answer this. But I, I want to say that we don't just create words and have a language that comes up out of ourselves. It has to be related empirically to the world. Mm -hmm. So like we can make words, but their meaning, I think, is defined. Like the words are just trying to capture something about the word like the word is just a convenient label for something or it's something yeah has... remember with number sorry to interrupt but re, do you remember with number two um I, I i had the sense that we were using different definitions for some of the words so we switched some of the words right with reality we, i i switched it to universe to convey the intent of that statement um would would you agree that that's all that really matters is like our shared understanding for words and, and what they mean in order to understand one another. So we're not confused. Sh it, should our goal with words be to, to have a shared understanding for them when we use words? Well, almost by definition, that's the purpose of words, right? Like 
Like words, okay. words are pointers that people use to try to point towards the same thing at the same time. That's almost like de facto, like de facto, the purpose of them. Um, is there any reason to think that anything other than people create words or define what they mean? Well, yes. For instance, it's like if I say that has an odd number of Tic Tacs, mm -hmm. and then you lay them on the table and we count them and we say, okay, it has an odd number. And then the next words out of my mouth are, no, it has an even number. And you're like, mm -hmm. why? For the exact same reasons. And you're like, are you serious? Yes, I am. Nope, it's back to even. Nope, it's now odd. And I just snap my fingers and that keeps changing whether it's odd or even, right? Like this is what you were kind so of who getting in that, the, Who in this thought experiment is not a person who's using words? Can, so can I? So can I define? Can I define myself as a man right now, and then define that as what I am? And then can I? I'm say, looking for what's not a man or a person. No, I just mean to I'm say. I'm looking people, for any reason to to to. Because um, I'm open. I mean, I'm open to hearing a reason to not fully agree to number four. Because though I'm just I, looking for any. Okay, because because. So can I define the word uh, red to mean this hat, but then now I define red to not be this color, and now I define red to not be a color. It's now the way this it's this motion. So this is now red. Can I just can I just do so that? I, I agree that that could be complicated if our goal was to understand what the color red is. Though is that getting at number four? Is there any well, I mean, reason to not agree I, to number four? Can I define the meaning? So I. So can the three of us define, decide that this is now purple? Can we define this as purple? If we all agreed that it was purple, would we, we be people creating a new word for purple? I don't think we can do that. Or a new word for red? I don't think that would persist in embodied reality. I think, I think if we that went around, persist. the three of us, and we had a plan to say this cap okay. is purple, I do not think that would persist in embodied reality. I think that would that would... That would be. Do you be, think that that'd words, be selected against? That would be selected against, and it would it would go extinct. Yeah. What do you it think, would, Justin? Its creative life would be short. I swear, I read this, and I sometimes I think it could be true or not be true. So I'm not sure what the point. Why I don't totally commit to it. People create words, and define their meaning. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, this is our whole issue in this, our world today. Well, is like words are just being defined and created, but we're losing meaning. You know, that's well, the thing. It's being polluted, and we're just, we've, all meaning is. Have you guys ever, the, well, have you guys ever seen Rick and Morty? Yeah. yeah you know about the, the, do you know about the plumbus? Plumbus. The plumbus. How do you make yeah. a plumbus? I don't remember. <laughs> you put the schleem on the dingle buff. I don't know. It's this whole thing. It's hilarious. <laughs> anyway, they just made up a word. Um, okay, the, well, I feel like look at, statement one. Look at statement one. a statement is true when it corresponds to reality. People create words and define their meanings. So that means I can create a word and define its meaning, even if it doesn't correspond to reality. So it's like there's a fundamental tension between statement one and statement four. You can't agree with both. They don't, they, they, they contradict each other. <laughs> Thank you, Reed. <laughs> with the plumbus. <laughs> um, I, I, uh, 
Okay. One four contradict. If we took if 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 I start speaking Spanish and you didn't understand any of the language I was speaking, um would the words I'm saying be absent of meaning? In that context, yes, mostly they would be, yes. Yeah, and I would agree relatively to somebody who doesn't speak that language, right? Yeah. Though to others that do speak that language, does it carry meaning? Do this yes, it would. Do so it sounds like, and I agree, uh, that our mutual understanding of words and how they correspond to reality is what matters. Would you agree to that? Yes, like eighty-nine percent. Yes, and the words could also not correspond to reality, and they would just be false in a different language. Do you agree to that? And that'll be my last thing, and we can move on. I didn't follow the last question. We can make a statement in a different language, and it could not correspond to reality. It could be false. In other, in other words, in a different language, it could. Yeah, that sounds fine. Okay. Cool. Number five. A statement is true if everyone agrees. I'm sure I strongly wanna... disagreed. <laughs> you did. Yeah. And uh, does that mean, Shane, did you want to change your answer after going over some of these? Or do you want to stay where you are? What do you think? Um. I think it's more true than not true that a statement is true if everyone agrees. It, it the word true there, that like true is like a, uh, Paul. If Vander everyone Zeiss. disagreed to that statement, would it no longer be true? Well, now you've created a paradox, and you revealed the fundamental limitation of of explicit state propositional knowledge. Mm. Like it's so it's. The word true is, is one of these words that fudges. And see this so this is this is the problem. Like these these or in tech speak, there's edge cases with some of these statements, right? So uh there so like I said earlier, there if is you disagreed to number if you disagreed to number five, would it still be a paradox? If I disagreed sorry, statement is true if everyone agrees. Statement, yeah, if that statement were false. Not necessarily, no. Okay. Because okay. every everybody everybody could wait. Statement is true if everyone agrees. We all disagree with it. So yeah, mm -hmm. you could you, everybody could agree with a statement, which which could be true, and everybody could agree with a statement that's false. That's fine. And then if you disagree with this, just be, the the status of the the truth of the statement is not affected by people agreeing with it or not. So, whereas I say where I say it does. You Justin, you strongly disagree. Is there a question that you could ask that would make you agree? That you could ask maybe Shane, since you disagree? Or are you there? Let me think. Sure, no problem. It's I just can't see you, so <laughs> take your time, though. It's like, what do you mean by agrees there? Are you saying a statement is true if everyone sort of can validate it? 
being true? Like a state, are you saying a statement is true if everyone who understands the statement can sort of verify that statement, like it correlates to the facts as they see it? Is that what you mean? I think we, did we lose you there for a second there, Shane? I clicked the wrong button. Just keep going. Okay. Did you hear his question? I thought he was asking uh, a question of you. When I left, he was asking you a question, not me. Did, did yeah, maybe to clarify, I was trying to clarify, uh, Nathan, maybe about what the agreement is. What is what is everyone agreeing to there? The truthhood. Let's say, let's say um, everyone has a, a common understanding of certain words, like reality and universe or something like that. And everyone agrees to the statement, the earth is flat. Does that mean that statement is true because everyone thinks it? Well, no. Or can that statement still be false despite everyone agreeing? You know, I believe people fall for the big lie. I'll just throw that out there. So I find it totally plausible that this majority consensus. Yeah, the question totally is mistaken. essentially I'm asking. Essentially, what I'm asking is, is if, if everyone agreed in a big lie, would that lie be true? true. Okay, but it's 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 the problem is this definition of truth you're using is is a zero or one definition of truth. There is some truth conveyed by everybody believing in the world being flat. So maybe the truth isn't that the world is in fact a flats like a surface that extends you know level in every direction with sure. an implied bottom we could also just say non-spherical but i guess you and, i'm trying to can it might it might I not think you get the gist of what i'm saying though the truth of the statement might not be that the earth is non-spherical the truth of the statement might be that there's a credibility gap in the way uh authorities are currently manifesting uh their monopoly on what is correct in reality, or there might be a, a uh, confidence gap. The truth of that statement might be the confidence gap in, in, in how experts are lording over their expert knowledge. And, and as a, as an FU to that, that prerogative, they have to tell, to tell the, the unwashed masses what's true and not true. We're going to just stick it to you and say, we can believe in the most absurd thing possible. So maybe that's how it's manifesting its truth, right? So it's it's if everyone agrees, does that automatically make it true? It makes about anything. Okay. Oh my gosh. My gosh. Um, or uh, we can move on to another one. But I basically am just asking, like, I'm wondering it, by if your by your definitions of number five, the answer is fully disagree. Okay. By the way you would define those words, it's it's fully disagree. It is. Okay. Uh, e even if we were talking about embodied truth or embodied whether or not our statements are embodying in a thing well, that's I'm trying to I'm, use your definition of truth yeah well I'm trying. <laughs> well it's by my definition of that word <laughs> yes there okay it's it's what you there's some persistent embodied effect to everybody agreeing with something it might not be the explicit nature of the statement but there is now there is now there's now there's more truth 
inside a statement, if everybody agrees with it, than there was beforehand. The truth value of that statement isn't, it changes. I don't, I don't, but I mean, this is, this is, this comes full back to my worldview. So it's like these questions, if, if I go into your worldview and re-answer these questions from how I think mm -hmm. you define these words, my answers would be very different. Um, like this yeah. one, like if, if, if I, if I, if I guess how you would define these words and I'll, there'd be disagree here. I'll just redo this front section based on how I think you define these words. Uh, statement is true when it corresponds to reality. That's fully agree, obviously. Number second one, we all share the same reality, only interpret it differently. That would be fully agree. Uh, what else here? The third one, truth depends on the opinions of believe people. Fully disagree. Uh, if all members of society share belief, they're justified to hold that belief. Fully disagree. These would be the correct, quote unquote, right answers. Believe something that is false. Feel sorry, no, let's go up here. People create. Uh, ooh, fully agree. Let's see. What are you doing, Shane? You're spoofing what you think. Um... No, I'm just saying, based on what I think, how I think Nathan would define these words. This is if I took his what I think his definitions are. This is what I think the answers would be. I'm not sure I even know what Nathan, uh, how Nathan would answer Strong. this question. Well, from, from, uh... his, from, his, from his implicit frame, like the, the framing he has, hmm. strong belief even without action can change external reality. No. Right, Nathan? Those are basically your answers, right? Am I right? Uh, yeah, for the, first, for, the, for the first section... Well, now, number, six is, number six is interesting because I think um, the way we interpret the statement might change the answer. I'm actually curious to move on to number six, how you interpret number six. Strong belief, even without action, can change external reality. Um, so how do you, because I want to go how you interpret these things, and then I want to understand how you use these words, and I'm not trying to push you necessarily in any direction. I'm trying to understand uh, why you uh, answer where you do, either in the strong or weak, uh, agree or disagree category. Um, and these are just, this is just a framework, and I'm not the arbiter of truth, nor am I like the pope of truth or whatever. <laughs> I'm just trying to get common understanding for these words. Um, and if the words don't have a common understanding, then I'm willing to uh, shift my perspective on some of these words. Um, number six, I could be honestly where either in the middle or in the disagree camp. It depends on how the person's. Um, interpreting number six how would um i mean i guess i don't want to necessarily pick anybody so like either justin or shane go ahead but do you guys have a what do you guys think number six is trying to say if somebody were to tell us strong belief even without action can change external reality how would you interpret what they intend on meaning when they say that That makes me think of that kind of solipsism view. Like, um, I'm going to be resurrected if I just believe I'm going to be resurrected. Or I'm going to be, uh, what's that thing? Reincarnated. 
just because mm-hmm. kind of in my mind that seems to be like emotionally the proper morality or something. So that's what I'm hearing mm-hmm. you see there. I mean, I don't think it's true because I think external reality has like a fixed um, – it's not necessarily what you want it to be. Mm-hmm. I don't have that view okay. that uh, you know you can just change the world by your attitude or whatever. Yeah, and I – I interpret that similarly. Yeah. I think that if somebody were to walk up to me and say what this says, I think that they would be implying essentially kind of what you're suggesting. Uh, I have a bit more to add, but what do you think, Shane? I I realize that for each of these questions, I've been trying, I've been thinking of like a situation where I could, that I could apply these, this sentence to, and I can, this one in particular, I can find situations I can apply this sentence that would fit where I think it would or wouldn't change external reality. Mm-hmm. Such as what do you think that? So for instance, strong belief in strong, strong belief in uh, like in the gulags, right? Strong faith that they can't punish me. Even if all I do is just remain faithful to that and don't necessarily, I mean, I guess there's an implicit an action that accompanies that, but that belief alone, um, if you believe Scholz mission, had a direct effect on communism, right? Whereas um, some loser in his basement believing the world isn't giving him his due and he's not doing anything about it, isn't I don't think that's gonna change external reality. So I I could think of I could think of strong beliefs without action that do or don't change external reality so am i missing i'm misinterpreting the question by 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 framing it that way or yeah i don't know it just i think it it's in the eye of the reader you know or in the it just depends i I think personally this i believe that the spirit of number six is trying to get at whether or not belief alone without action causes an action of some sort in the external world that you and I share, like the physical world. It just like shows how if, cheap a belief is, you know, like kind of abstractly. It's like, hmm. you know, I, you don't really believe. And I think that goes back to the soul question. Like if you really sure, want to I wouldn't go so far as to say that our actions aren't important or that our beliefs aren't directly correlated to our actions and our actions I, matter. So I, I define this is just trying to get at. I define belief as what you act out. Yeah, so that's, that's the, what I'm that's trying the to problem say. I have there. If you if you don't act, the th- this is a big disagreement between Justin and I. Uh, no, no, Justin, sorry, uh, Andrew, Nathan. It's oh, Andrew, no, no, yeah. Andrew. It's like yeah. it's like he says, oh, I don't talk. believe in God, and I'm like, well, you act like you believe in God, so you can say you don't believe in God all you like, but that's not how you act. Hmm. So it's like, and then he gets very offended by that, right? Uh, like really, really offended by that. So it's like I don't. Hmm. I th- this distinction between belief and action. Like even earlier when I said that you believe in God, so you act differently inside the. Sorry, like I don't see like if your beliefs don't affect your actions, that I don't see how there's any weight to your beliefs. So I don't. I how like what is a strong maybe the importance of the belief matters a little less. It sounds like if they don't have any consequences at all on your actions or the external world is what I'm hearing you say. Is that right? So is that a belief or is that just a statement? Like, 
like I like I I I I, be, I believe I believe you know redheaded men can disappear when I'm not around. Like like if I'm schizophrenic and I actually start freaking out about the redheads I'm not keeping track of that are like going invisible, they're gonna like sneak up on me and attack me. Then yeah, maybe I actually believe that. But like, but but see, but then I'm acting that way. I'm actually like, I'm like, crap, that redhead's out of sight. Has he gone into invisible mode? Is he sneaking up on me? You know? Okay. So let's let's try to ring this in a little bit. Imagine for a moment somebody believes in like the law of attraction or the secret or something like that. Um would that be something that counts for number six? Like if somebody believes that they're gonna make money if they think about money all the time, would that be something? that falls under the category of number six, do you think? Or do you think it doesn't fall but under that? Category? They're going to act differently. That belief's going to be... Even massive. if they don't act on it? If they only but, think it and don't act on it? But... but Okay, well, so now you've replaced the word... Okay, strong thoughts without action sure. don't change I'm reality. Fine that. That, I'm fine with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would even then. Is there a difference between belief and thoughts? Well, be, belief is something you hold, right? Like the other people said, do you hold that belief? Hold things mm -hmm. in action in and of itself, right? Uh -huh. So, like, it's not it's not just semantics. It's like the like the imagery around belief is something you hold. Like, hold. Mm. Do you hold? Are you going to hold on to that belief? It's like that's an active thing you're doing. It's not okay. so to like so. I would say it's it's like it's an oxymoron to say a strong belief without action. I think that's an oxymoronic statement. For instance. Cool. Hey Reed, how are we on time? Do you think we'll be able to burn through the the last here in a little bit? I'm realizing how far we're how long we're going. I I have plenty of time so long as you two have time. I want to make sure that we're Oh, hopefully he didn't he maybe be maybe he's getting another pizza again since he said he was going <laughs> to he had a pizza last time. <laughs> there he is. Go as long as you want, however long you want to go. It's fine with me. Okay, cool. Uh, are you guys fine with finishing up the survey, or did you want to yeah. pick this up at a later day? No, I'm I'm all super excited. I'm, I'm good as long as I'm not. As long as my excitement isn't agitating you guys. No, um, I think too, and this has been fun. What do you think, Justin? You want to keep going? Yeah, I'm good. I'm looking at the comments here. I think there's some reasonable questions. Yeah, maybe we could just take a brief. I feel I feel bad for Robert because he's sure. taking time here. I, I haven't even looked at any of the comments yet. No, I just maybe saw that. Reed can pick a few here. Yeah. <laughs> nonetheless, if a statement is totally incomprehensible to anyone, everyone, could it nonetheless be true? Yes. That's a good question. I said no. I said because that's a trick question. I would just say if if you have a, you can't have a proposition that's unintelligible. Shane seems right. to be making it. Well, oh, what about when Jesus? What about when Jesus was was constantly was constantly talking about uh, who he was, and the disciples didn't get it yet. Well, he was speaking clearly. At least I feel like Robert's making the point. If the statement, it, well, maybe Robert's not making that point. If the statement was totally incomprehensible to everyone, could it nonetheless be true? Yes, if the statement's sort of out of time and the people who hear that statement don't really know the future, I guess it could be true. It could be a prediction. Of, I mean, it has, to be, yeah, it has the, to be possible. The way I would answer that personally is 
um, so long as the there's one person who understands what it is that they're they're saying. If it's incomprehensible to everyone, <laughs> what if it's comprehensible? Then it'd be it'd be Kazorp Zorp or Goobledygop, right? I wonder if he means more than that than just like a sort of nonsense statement, um, like a Dinglebop. You know, and that's that's All right. yeah. anyway. Is there Probably. another is there another comment that we could look at, or maybe another question from the audience? Because that, that that'd be. Well, what fun. about this one? Asking Shane. Shane seems to be making an ontological claim about truth. Mm -hmm. I think I Shane thought... knows what that word means. I don't know what ontological means. I get uh, I forget sometimes. Um, on, 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 ontology is like um, I always like to define it, and I'd be interested to see if the, the street apologist, street epistemologists, want to correct me. Ontology to me is the objects. That you populate your your epistemology with. That's how I think of ontology. Sure, and and yeah, I think um, it's the philosophy of being, right? I'm not really an ontological minded person, but yeah, I'm pretty sure that it's yeah. Thing, so tableness and it's the it's understanding what makes a thing well, a thing. Well, exactly right. So. And then this kind of comes back to the question at the time that we were talking about was question number um, three. Uh, truth depends on the opinions and beliefs of people. It's like e even once you define your epistemology or you think you've defined it, like operationalizing it, once you start operationalizing it or trying to apply it, that's where you're going to bump into the realm of ontology. Mm. Okay. So unless there's another question from the audience, we can move on to the next one on the survey. Well, right. let's get your best Rudy's. Sorry. Just that last <laughs> one. Uh, Rudy's asking, how do I act out the big bang or act out that Mars had water at some point? Or is it possible to believe something that has no effect on your actions? So I think this goes, we should have defined what it were, what it means to believe on something. Well, mm. you, you can, you can act. I, I would put forward job, that buddy. Uh, I would put forward people act out the Big Bang by thinking that science has all the answers to how to define reality. So I think Nathan, like I think from what I heard of Nathan and Reed talking last week, they're kind of acting out the Big Bang because they're acting out this idea that you can use evidence and the scientific method to define what reality is. And that's that's nested inside this belief of what the Big Bang is, which is the best claim about the origin of reality that we can test with evidence and therefore you know operationalize as our belief you know correct me Although if i'm I wrong you you mentioned that um uh you don't really believe anything that you don't act out is that right is that because when we were talking about number six that's kind of what you were saying and therefore people who don't believe in a god for example uh were nonetheless believers provided they acted as if there were a God. Was that kind of your line of argument that you were mentioning earlier? Yes. That it, Now, to be fair, that it proves that it assumes you are self-aware enough to know what you act out. Right. So like I can claim, I can claim I believe in Christianity then, mm -hmm. but perhaps if I really took an honest look at myself and looked at the way I've acted, in the last year and the way I've been treating people, uh, maybe the correct assessment is, no, Shane, you really don't believe. You seem to believe in selfishness and in, and in convenience 
and in the trappings of, of saying that out loud. Um, but actually what you seem to believe in is stress reduction, enrichment and convenience, you know? So it's, there's a, there's a level of self-awareness there that, 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 that happens. Right. So you can, yeah, that makes, it, that makes what sense. What is it? If, can you tell the difference between whether or not I believe in a big bang, right? By how I act out. I think the way you, the way you conducted yourself uh, corresponds to how did how did you say it? I think the statement you believe in the Big Bang corresponds to the reality of how you conducted yourself and described your positions over the course of my time talking to you, and therefore I would consider that statement to be true. Hmm. Okay. What right, I find well, interesting uh, about the Big Bang question is um, it's like, what's the problem? For me, the Big Bang is you take your local observations of what you have today and you try to extrapolate to something. Uh, what is it? 50 billion years ago? Some huge number? So when you accept the Big Bang, you kind of accept this. Uh, this possibility that you can go backwards in time, you know, that you have the ability to deduce events that are totally non-observable. That's my problem with the Big Bang. I feel like that's a Big Bang uh, cosmology. Uh, is it ever possible? This will be my last question on this topic. Sorry. And then we can move on to the next thing. But is there any belief I can have uh, and not act on it? I want to say no, that you just don't really have that belief. It's just a empty belief. Yeah, believe, those would, be your, those would believe, be your thoughts. Belief, I just want to say, means you have a, you rely on something. You have a confidence in something. You take a risk based on a belief. I think. So that's what that's that's what I would want to say. Like, um, hmm. I have a belief about the future of the economy. So I put some money in gold and silver. And to me, that separates it from the, to me, that's, that's how I prove that I have that belief or that's that like positive evidence okay. that I have that belief. It has a, it did have an effect on me. Otherwise I don't really right. have that belief. It's just, I guess it's like Shane saying it's a thought. It's like even worse than a thought. It's just a, I don't even know. Well, I'm ready to move on down the line. Sorry, yeah, we we'll, could uh, we'll wrap okay. up this uh, survey here. Okay. Number seven, this is under the section, um, how does belief work? Some beliefs should never be questioned. And it looks like, by and large, we agree that we disagree to this. Um, there's some hesitancy for one of you. Was there... Are there some... Uh, just throwing out a question out there. Is there. Are there any beliefs we should never question? Go ahead, question it. No, it's, it's not going to fall down if you question it. That should never be questioned. Uh, why did I slightly disagree? I think uh, the only reason I didn't put fully disagree is I think at some point uh, there's a there's the return on questioning things goes down to zero. Like at some point you have to make a decision. Like for instance, either believe it's a good idea 
to, you know, um, try to escape this bad situation by going this direction and questioning that belief is going to take away from the effort, the limited effort I have to dedicate to this escape plan. And the best chance of this escape plan working is by not questioning that belief anymore. So I think there's a, a certain <laughs> point. Well, no, it's a certain, yeah. it's, at a certain point, it's like, because this is the problem with, this comes back to the same thing we were talking about a second ago. It's like, if you define belief as something you act out, then it's like mm -hmm. sometimes once you've begun acting the thing out, questioning it might not actually have much value. Okay. So there you know might I mean? be like some some circumstance in which we it, it would be detrimental to achieving our goal to be questioning anything. All right. I think we by and large agree and we can move on to the next one. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, number eight, someone can be certain of some uh, something is true yet still be mistaken. Um, are we both in strong agreement? All of us in strong agreement to that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't think there's any difference. Um. And just before I move on to the next one, real quick, um, it looks like we all strongly agree to this one. I'm also in the strong agree category. Though, does this also cover things like um, personal experience? Could someone be certain of a personal experience and be mistaken? It's called mushrooms. Okay. <laughs> Someone can be certain of something is true on personal experience and or testimony and still be mistaken about how they're attributing their experience to their conclusion. And we all agree, just to make sure. I think so. Okay. Yeah. Uh, number nine. A test that cannot identify a failure is a valid test. Now, we talked about this a little bit in our, our last uh, talk. And um, before we started streaming today, uh, we brought that up a little bit. Um, it's an interesting question. Here? I find a very interesting question. I put myself back in neutral there. Yeah. Okay, you're back in neutral. What do you think, Shane? I, I think it breaks the definition. I think that's the definition of a test. A definition of a test is something that can identify a pass and fail. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. I think I think that's a tautology. That's the correct totally. way to say it. Yeah. Okay. I've started to think that maybe it's impossible for any test to do that. No, that uh, um, that a test will have, and it's the difference between the content of a proposition P and the content of its negation. Mm -hmm. They're just something different. So I don't. I. Like what's like what's an example? Like every experiment either shows something is the case or not the case. Let's say. Mm hmm. And so maybe it's, you know, you could have a it's it, concretely for your audience. Like it come, I think I'm always thinking of this Mickelson Morley experiment. Okay, which. Like when you look into special relativity, you can read whole whole books about the uh, the experimental foundations of special relativity. Because people say to me, like, "Oh, it's not even possible that there could be a mistake in the special relativity, because there have been so many tests that verify it." Yeah. Okay. And so, like, just to be clear, if we're trying to test something, okay. we have to, at uh, very least, imagine... I heard the tic tacs. You just picked them up, right? 
They're in my hand. Oh, I yeah, I heard, I heard them off screen. <laughs> so, well, okay. Um, since I'm holding them, uh, if my claim was these Tic Tacs will fall when I let go, um, what would be, I mean, would we agree that a failure for that test is it doing anything but falling? Like behaving in yes. some different way, like either floating or doing some other thing? Oh, I want to say yes. Is yeah. that is that what makes the test valid? Is that it could it could do something, or at least we could demonstrate that this could fall and imagine it doing a different thing. Is that what makes it valid? Is there something even like another tautology there? Like it's either going to fall or it's not gonna fall. Uh like there yeah. are no other possibilities, right? Uh, yeah, and I guess, the, I, Mike, I'm wondering if we don't have this ability to identify a test failing, is it even a test? Like if, I guess that's really the, the question. So now I think it's true, I guess, your statement. I don't know why I get so mixed up with it. It's. Uh, you mean you 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 think that the number nine? Is, now I'm strongly. Uh, you disagree. No, now I. You're in agreement. Agree. No way, a test. I'm not that trying to mean be you're in disagreement. I'm in whatever you guys are agreeing with. A test that cannot identify a failure. Oh no, a I test totally has to be able to identify a failure. Yeah. Cool. All right. So a test, in order to be a test, uh, needs to have both pass and fail. And if it only has pass or we can only identify a, a test passing, it might not be a test. Is that right? I just, and then we can move on to the next one. I think yeah, we all agree. Yeah, I can't think of an example, but that doesn't hold. I'm sure we could cool. ask some questions about the PCR test. What does that prove or not prove? But that's a whole other uh, thing. It's probably not a valid test. It's the word valid that's tripping up, Justin. Yeah. All right, number 10. If all members of a society share a belief, they are justified to hold that belief. And, um, okay, one neutral, and then the others strongly disagree. I'm also in the disagree camp, but um, uh, who was it? Was it I mean, I said agree, but I can change my answer. Oh, Shane, like, Shane is the one that disagreed. So, Shane, you, you disagreed uh, to that statement. What question could you ask, Justin, that would make you more neutral? Sorry. Okay. If all members. No, no, so start, it's hard. Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> my brain's talking too. All members of society share belief they are justified to hold that belief. Mm -hmm. So what? So I had to think of a question I could ask Justin, of which the answer could change my opinion. That would change question. your view. Yeah, yeah. Holy jumps. Okay. If all members of society share a belief, they are justified to hold that belief. I don't think so. Uh. Okay. Uh, all members of, by definition, all members of a Muslim society share the belief that Muhammad was a prophet. How could this possibly be justified? They hold that belief. Go. <laughs> I think again, it's they're always arguing about what the words mean. 
in a way I can't blame them to hold that belief. Like, is Nor that what you mean I. by justified? Like, uh, they're justified. Ooh. Uh, Ooh. That's a good point. In a, in a way, it's reasonable. Of course, it's reasonable to think uh, okay. that, uh, I mean, you don't want yeah, – Justified. The, the, you have to be unreasonable, right, to disagree a little bit. Like, that's the thing. That's it's, true. Uh, Define justified. I got a question that might be kind of like the one that you asked, Shane, but a little refined. If uh, all members of our society converted to being Muslim, they went from Christians to being Muslims, uh, let's say over the course of a month, mm -hmm. like it was really quick. Um, and let's say the same number of Christians uh, now are Muslim in America. Um Okay, would strange. you and I would you and I be justified to change our minds? Like, should we, if all members of a society of our society change their mind, would we be justified, or would they be more justified in believing what they're believing because of? No, no, they wouldn't. The numbers See, because, and the way I look at like to go back to my previous definition. Uh, if you held the belief that Jesus Christ wasn't your savior over time, you would not persist in reality. And then therefore you would not be justified because it would not serve you. So, so, and that's, so yeah, so that's why I, I can't, I would, I would literally, I would literally be heretical and, and a hypocrite okay. if I answered this question any other way, because then I looked it up, I looked it up on, on Google the theological definition justified is declared or made righteous in the sight of God. So it's like, I don't get to decide. What dictionary is that? That's, I just, uh, that's uh, how they define justified definitions from Oxford language. Number one, having done, having done for or marked by a good or legitimate reason. Yeah. That's and, but then, usually what then I you got to keep, with. yeah. But, but then you got to keep in mind this, this comes back to the framing and foundation stuff we'll get into next time. It's like, well, where does the foundation of reason and rightness and good and correct come from? So for you, I don't know where that comes from. In your yeah, mind. so I guess this is asking, let's let's change the word justified here. If all members of a society share a belief, then they have good reason to hold that belief. I'd say they have reasonable they reason. They have reason. <laughs> yeah. They have reason. Sure. Is it a good one, though? Mm. Is it? A it could be good. Mm -hmm. They have reason. That's what I, I said. This, I literally said this earlier. I said sure. there is a truth. There is a tr if everybody holds a belief in something, even if it's false, there is right, a right. truth to it. I said so. Uh, it might not these, be a good truth. All these points on the survey are different ways to go up the scale or go down the scale on a scale of confidence. And earlier in our discussion, we had like. Four different things um, that we laid out on the table, and um, let's say we're at a ninety on our confidence scale on anything. It really doesn't matter, though. The only reason we find ourselves at ninety is because all members of the society around us are saying it's true. If all members of a society share this belief, is that a justified reason to be at a ninety on our scale ever? if it's only number 10 and not any other thing, and we're leaning entirely on number 10 to reach 90. Essentially the question is, should we ever do that? Okay, but are you, so you're saying that, 
so that okay but if it's the only reason that implies that it contradicts other things like it it doesn't match up with what physics would more say. like does this reason stand on its own is the question leaving the other ones as as unknowns yeah like if i'm at a 6 let's say i'm at a 40 for a belief but mm -hmm. i I recognize that everyone around me believes it. So my 40 puts me at a 90. It jumps me like 50. Your 40 points. should probably, if your 40 should, or should up, it, if your 40 should it bump up, me up at all in any amount? It should. If you're betting, if you're betting, it's like, yeah, if you 20 times, if you chose to have your belief level go up because everybody believed it, sure, one, two, three, four, five times out of 20, that could be like walking directly into a pit and falling on, on stakes. But 50, at least 15 times out of 20, going with the crowd is probably, especially if that belief's been around a while, probably more likely to be correct than not or have utility than not, I would put forward. Okay. All right, Justin, what do you think? Uh, I mean, I'm trying to... I'm thinking of the case of like... Um, I go on this website, Math Overflow, mm -hmm. to like uh, answer kind of math questions. And uh, for example, everybody believes in gravitational waves. Okay. Most mathematicians, because they read about it in books. Okay. Like all the standard books from the 70s, 80s, 90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They all talk about gravity waves. Um, but nobody wants to review like the foundations. Nobody wants to read like the original arguments, like the basis for it. They don't want to hear about the basis for them. They think it's been settled, you know, because I mean, they, uh, their teacher wrote a thesis on gravity waves under a great, you know, Princeton professor who wrote a book on gravity waves who learned from Germany in some laboratory on gravity waves. You know, and like his uh, PhD <clears throat> grandfather sat next to Einstein on gravity waves. So, of course, they can't all be wrong. What do you think about number 10? And we, I want to move on to the next one. Oh, sorry. Much time on it. What do, what do I do think, think about, about number 10? 10? Mm -hmm. It's like, do they have a good reason? No, they don't have a good reason. They have a reason. Uh -huh. I think it can be a crap reason. Sure. And it's not a reason yeah. in itself. Although, usually cool. it is. And then we all can't, right. argue, you know, like, let's move on to the next one. Sorry, Number right. 11. It's all good. <laughs> we're, at, we're getting at that point. I think we're two hours in. So I'll try to okay, wrap okay. it up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. Believing something that is false feels just like believing something that is true. This feels, yes. Strongly agree. Right. It's number 11. Um, okay. But that's feeling. Whoa. As you said, it feels. Wait, I'm the one who says yes strongly, right? And you disagree with it fully, Justin? Or is it the other way around? Someone someone disagrees with it. I know. I agree strongly. It feels the same. Okay. Okay. Oh, no. I disagree with that. You can... Oh. Yeah, I did. I did. I did. Gravity waves You did before with, in our last uh... discussion. Do you still think that way? Sorry. If you believe something is true though that thing isn't true can you tell it's not true based on how you feel about it 
Um, or I guess that's not even the right question. The right question is if you if your heart if your heart is pure, if you've purified yourself and grounded yourself well, and mm -hmm. you and you start acting out something that is false, which is what I believe the word belief means, like you it, you will feel it. Like if you're if if you're if you're stuck if you're if you're coming upon yes if you're properly aligned in reality and you're mm -hmm. you're sober reflective uh uh you know to use religious terms if the holy spirit is operating properly in 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 inside you then yes you will feel uh that the belief is false at the same time i could think of another situation where yes if if you started to get prideful or uh or you're lacking time or lacking self-reflection then yes something that is false could feel the exact same as true so i could think of i could think of conditions where where you could do where this could be 100 percent true and 100 percent false for 11. My, my my only last question on this one would be can you ever imagine a time in which you were wrong about something and your feelings didn't warn you in time you have plenty of times okay yeah. all right moving on to the next one 12 feelings are a reliable way to discover truth i got a one neutral and one disagree yeah. So I'm getting distracted by the comments. Uh, <laughs> I'll stay focused. Sure, on that one. Oh, is that more <laughs> no, about gravity waves, but <laughs> it's a whole thing. <laughs> I, I got to stay focused. It's okay. Oh, it's just, that's hilarious. That's enjoyable. That's great. As if they Google gravity waves. Oh, wow. We're ready to go. Um, Sorry, back to you, Nathan. Okay. So what would your answer be to this, Nathan? Let me hear. Here, let me. Uh, I bet you I can guess your answer. You're going to be over here. Let me see. I can guess Nathan's answer is pleading with folks. Uh, yeah. I'm going to just change all of these to what Nathan's answers would be. I disagree. Disagree. So my my thoughts on on feelings is it depends on um like is the question whether or not it's cold well then my feelings might be helpful i can stick my hand out the window and tell um as a way to measure uh though if it is about something in the external world that you and i share let's say it's about whether or not um vishnu exists i don't think that i could use my feelings to determine that reliably um, what if, what if feelings? So there, there are no phenomenon that reveal their validity to you through the way you feel about them. Like temperature is a phenomenon that reveal that I can that I can understand. Love might be too that. as well, right? Um, I could also be wrong about whether or not I'm falling for somebody. Though, yeah, it you know. Was well, there a better measure? I'm sure that I would I would consult my feelings when deciding whether or not you know I want to be more romantically involved with somebody or or whatever. Though when it comes to like fat claims, right, like <laughs> true or false claims, which is kind of what I'm 
trying well, to well, those are the things that would push down on the table today. Like yeah. whether or not the election was stolen, I don't think I could use my feelings to determine that. Okay. And I think that if I let my feelings get involved, they may give me bias. And so from my perspective, it's actually probably the thing to be most cautious of when determining the truth of something, especially if I have preconceived notions about um, my own political identity, I might, I might let that interfere with my better judgment. And so I would be cautious about allowing my feelings to intervene in building my confidence in a belief about, you know, whether or not an election was stolen or I would be more reliant on external sources of evidence for that. Okay. Uh, what, uh, go ahead. So do, do you believe that like what pieces of evidence are examined would, would change what determination of facts you're going to come to? Like if, if I'm just trying to determine, if I'm trying to determine what's factually true, if if I grabbed data sets at at random, mm -hmm. would I would I reach the same conclusion each time, or like like how 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 important is the data set I select to determine the facts of something, factual truth or something? I'm not sure I understand your question. So, for instance, if I wanted to determine, is it factual that how many Tic Tacs are in the thing? How yeah. important is what data set I use to determine that? How important? How important is the data set that you use yeah. to determine? Well, the it depends answer, on how important the claim is. I mean, if the claim meant a lot, well, to if I counted the amount of stars in the really sky to determine how many Tic Tacs are in that. It seems like the data set. Like I, I need our methods data. matter. Uh, to answer your question, our, I'd say our methods matter, and reliable methods to me would matter more than methods which are known not to be that reliable. Okay. So, so if I, if I have a history of counting accurately, then I can be, I can rely more on my ability to count the number of Tic Tacs. So if, if methods are very important, then perhaps what's even more important than the method is your way of selecting methods. Would that make sense? My way of selecting methods. Well, if methods are very important. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then, yeah. there's, then there's then there's good methods and bad methods. So what might be even yeah. more important than the exact method I use any one time would be my ability to select a good method in the first place. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And are feelings a good method for determining like the number of Tic Tacs? Well, what I was going to get at is it's like what determines what data set you use. Like for instance, you were saying earlier, well, I don't want to use my feelings, but I, I would put forward this is this is this is going to be the intro to our next conversation, let's say. But I would put forward that your feelings probably have a great impact, and this is actually what Height would talk about too. Your feelings have a great impact on what data sets, what you're going to attach valence to, what you're going to look to to derive your conclusion, what evidence you will look at and won't look at. Your feelings are going to govern this a lot more necessarily than than okay. necessarily the empirical data and then and then you go forward sure. too is you if you'd look from an evolutionary standpoint you would say if 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 there's a relationship between determining the truth and survival if that relationship holds at all and and human beings tend to use feelings to pick their data sets okay mm -hmm. it's like it's almost like evolution would have honed us to have feelings 
that attune us to the right data sets to pay attention to insofar as what we pay attention to helps us actually uh, interact with reality properly, right? So you get into a lot of interesting discussions. So at prima facie, all I'm trying to say is at first blush, it would seem like the feelings are less reliable. I would put forward that you perhaps rely upon feelings a lot more than you think you do. Jonathan mm -hmm. Haidt would be able to show that in a scientific way, which would actually meet your first criteria of what you should look to for truth. And thirdly, uh, there might be a larger role for things you can't explicate like feelings, having more wisdom or even though you can't explain why, there's a lot of there's a lot, very rational reasons to believe they could be a lot more attuned than you might uh, think they are at first pass. Um, not to be contrarian, but these are all. This comes back to some of our framing issues as well that I would put forward. So. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm ready to move on to the next one. Anybody have anything else to say before we do? Well, we have a whole other section. Yep, this is the last one. And honestly, some of these are really quick, um, but some uh, take a little bit more time. Number 13, believing something without evidence is admirable. I love how you just throw in all these new words like admirable, <laughs> feelings. You're just always spicing it up with the new, like, jeez, admirable. I know. I know. I know. It's great. Do you personally have any beliefs that you hold without any evidence? No. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't think so. I have beliefs that I hold without your definition of evidence, which is what we just talked about. What is my definition of evidence? You don't you don't think feelings are a reliable way, are, are a reliable form of evidence. You do when it's cold outside, you just are feelings evidence? Well, it's, it's a data point. Sure. Okay. Do I mean, I don't think I necessarily disagree with that. It's a data point. It's, it's certainly a data point. I just um, don't know. I, I, I think it's heavily context dependent. Like feelings are heavily context dependent personally. So like yeah. if, if we're talking about the cold, uh, then, then I think that's fine. We could use feelings for that. If we're talking about whether or not the election was stolen, our feelings are probably going to get in the way. Any kind of bias that we might have, our feelings are going to blind us to our biases. What about the wisdom of crowds? Say that? Say what? What about the wisdom of crowds? When the, when the, the wisdom of crowds? People, when you get 100 people to walk up and they, and they intuit how many beans are in the bean jar. And you add yeah. up a bunch of in, intuitions that are... And you can get an average... Yeah, you yeah. get an average. That's actually pretty cool. I actually uh, remember that in like psych class forever ago. Okay, well, well, I mean, there there are certain things that I think you know feelings would be great for. Um, though, uh, yeah, I think that we're not so different about this than you think. Um, no, no, no. I, 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 yeah. I mean, you have to have some definition of evidence you have to use. I don't, I don't think like, yeah, man, I got no idea why I think this is true. That's like. But I'm I'm going for it, buddy. Yeah, you're you're gonna drown. That water's cold. You you shouldn't believe it's warm, without evidence. I think I think we understand each other on thirteen and what constitutes evidence for the most part. Number fourteen, without uh, an explanation for something, any answer is better than no answer. 
Looks like we do. We all just strongly disagree. We, looks like we do. So I've got no questions. Number it's just 15. pollution. I think the short answer is it's just pollution. You can't give an answer if it doesn't have any. Uh, no answer is better there because you. Yeah, if we don't no know answer, something, that's your answer. Yeah, you have no answer. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. It's so it's okay to say I don't know and just uh, if we have no evidence for something to just. Uh, be low on our scale of confidence. Absolutely. So, does anyone disagree? Okay. Um, number uh, 15. It is okay to accept something as true because it is comforting. So this one's trying to get at whether or not com it, a thing's comfort uh, comfortability should ever be used as a reason to believe it. It happens all the time, but it's not a good reason. It's okay. uh, it's hard to. The tr what did our uh, dear leader Al Gore say? The inconvenient truth. Remember. Sure. <laughs> is it ever okay to believe something is true on the grounds that it brings us comfort? In the short term, it's okay, but eventually it'll kill you. Hmm. Okay, that's a good sentiment. I agree with that for the most part. Like, maybe it would, it, it could be beneficial in the short term, give us some benefits in the short term, but in the long term, yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you're if you're really if you're really busy and like you need you you have a lot of really big problems, it might be okay to believe your wife isn't cheating on you. You know, mm -hmm. for the next couple of days. You know, maybe while you sort your bank account out with a clear head. Get your, you know, get yourself sorted out. Maybe while you hire a private investigator, then then you could start letting the that doubt into your mind and deal with the repercussions once you've properly uh, set yourself up. You know. Okay. Uh, number sixteen. I give all claims the benefit of the doubt when I first encounter them. Looks like we both are kind of in the right. Like I. So this one we kind of went over already when I did the three examples a while back. Like I have a car, I have three cars, I have an invisible car, and I think we have a understanding of where each other are at on this, and just we slightly disagree. It looks like I'm neutral, but honestly, this one I'm really flexible with. Do you have any questions for me on that one? Because I can move on to the next one. Do you have a car, or what is your deal? I do. Nice. <laughs> okay. Good. Yeah. Is it visible or invisible? Yes. <laughs> All right, number 17. Someone is justified in their beliefs until they are proven wrong. Proven wrong. I hate that word. Oh. Proven. If wrong. you can't prove if you can't prove somebody wrong, are they justified because of it? <laughs> what did I say? Someone is justified in their beliefs. Until they are proven wrong. What? Disagree. I think I press disagree so much because I just disagree to the whole question. You know, that's, <laughs> that's the whole thing. <laughs> okay. Someone is justified in their beliefs until they are proven mm -hmm. wrong. Mm -hmm. You could be justified in your belief after you're proven wrong, before you're proven wrong. 
Yeah, I just I disagree. There's all sorts of exceptions to that statement. Hmm. Yeah, earlier when we talked about number nine, we were discussing whether or not a test is a valid test if it can't identify a failure. And I, if, uh, I believe we agreed that it wouldn't be a valid test. Um, and if someone were high on their scale of confidence in a belief uh, and they believed it, despite the fact that no one could ever prove them wrong, like they could never have a test that that could show it's not the case, even hypothetically, would that person who's believing in this thing be stuck? In other words, if they're at a high degree of confidence and there's no way to ever demonstrate to them that it's not the case, if it weren't the case, would they ever find out? if they were using 17 here to believe it? Yeah. I'm just saying it depends on what you're talking about. Justification comes from God, not from evidence. So it's not like if, if you're, if, if God's decided you're justified in your belief, it, there's no, there's the proving wrong thing. It doesn't really make sense. It breaks down. Hmm. I mean, what would be more reasonable, you Nathan? Would you say someone is justified in their beliefs uh, when they are proven right? Is that what you're looking for? Like, yeah, someone's justified in their beliefs when they have some positive evidence to. Uh, when we when we do something or, that could that could put them at risk for being proven wrong, and we fail to do that, so like. Is Thunderbird um, trying to make a point here to correct me? No, they must prove themselves before they are justified. Yeah. Who's that commenting to? I think it's a general statement. I do I have trouble with like, just sorry to interrupt, Shane. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. My bad. Yeah, again, it's the word justified, eh? Like from the Bible viewpoint, that word is so heavy. That's a really heavy duty word there. Someone is just yeah. Are they marked by good? Are they marked by legitimate reasons? Like, so until, I don't know. until the moment somebody proves well, them wrong. Like, if no one, is, you don't. You don't get to like the criteria for determining justification is not something that I decided. So like that's already mm -hmm. it's like God decides what's justified, not me. So no matter what I do, calculate on this earth doesn't change what's justified or not. God, uh, Sarah, God is the judge. God is the judge. He justifies. <laughs> you know. So, are you saying that your beliefs are determined by God? My, whether or not my beliefs are justified is ultimately going to be determined by God. Yes. Oh. If somebody hasn't found a justifiable reason to believe in a thing, is it their fault then? Not necessarily, no. Hmm. Depends on depends okay. on what depends on how they acted. What I would say is is I mean to to, to hop into a secular mind frame, someone is justified in beliefs until they are proven wrong. E yes, I could I could agree with that in like secular definition of these words. 
But even then, that's weak sauce. Like, no, no. In and of this, itself, this is the only reason. So each one of these principles is imagining all the other principles are being ignored for the time being. Well, of course, of course, it'd be reductionist, right? Um, yeah, we're crazy. looking at each one of these specifically. So like somebody's at a high degree on their scale of confidence for some claim, and it doesn't even really matter what it is, but no one can prove them wrong. Does that give us more reason to doubt the claim or less reason to doubt the claim? With inside that framework you're setting up, the answer would be yes. It gives you less reason. But this is this is a presupposing a frame to a large degree. Because even the reductionist proposition you put that you could reduce this in and of itself. Like I, I reject that. Uh, I reject that in the first place. But yes, in and of itself, having not been proven wrong doesn't mean you're more justified because you guys you don't you haven't necessarily been tested yet. Uh please. And but even yeah. And yeah, this doesn't say a lot. Just because you haven't been proven wrong yet doesn't necessarily say a lot about the quality of your belief either. So, yeah. If yeah. somebody were believing in, we all agreed about the uh, the flat earth claim, but we could pick like any claim that we all agree is false. Uh, whether it's mermaids or anything like you could pick anything that we all agree is false but if somebody were using number 17 to be high on that scale of confidence about this false thing um but we had no way to show them that they were wrong could would they would they be ever able to uh would they would they be stuck at their number if they adhered to 17 and this will be my last question on it I think if they open their heart and listen to reality, there there would there would still be ways short of being proven where they could learn a better truth. I think often if you believe in something without justification, uh, and if you're ignoring evidence, if you're actually honest with yourself, you'll you'll determine that you have you're aware of your motivated reasoning, or or you're or you actually legitimately have a mental health issue. All right, and Justin, what do you think? And then we can move on to the last one. Uh, uh, sorry, I don't know why. It's I find it I find it hard to respond. You don't need to say anything either. I don't, don't even get where you. I, I don't understand where you even get these questions. They're just so weird how they're written. Like, uh. well, these are all common reasons people give to believe in all sorts of things and in a lot of the interviews that i've done over the years people will tell me uh no matter what the idea is and this isn't just the claims that we've talked about today this is like other claims okay that you that we haven't talked about this is like all sorts of stuff people have said that they're at a high degree of confidence for their idea because no one can prove them wrong and so this is just asking whether or not you agree that that person. There is something could, weak there. Very could weak. a person, yeah. yeah, could a person be wrong and use this principle to be confident? And if so, do we ever should we ever rely on this principle to be confident ourselves? This is generally the question. I guess it's like asking: Is the lack of a counterexample positive evidence for something? 
Is that what you're saying? Is mm-hmm. the lack or the absence of a counterexample positive evidence for something? And I don't think it is. It's not positive evidence for anything. Mm-hmm. And that'd be that'd be back to the the difference between like a a, a proposition P and its negation. Like there's something because there the lack of evidence has no has no positive content to it in a way, you know, like it's hard to really, uh, I don't know. It doesn't really tell you anything. So that's maybe one way I'd, maybe that's how I'd rephrase this for myself. Or I would try to persuade them that that's just not good enough. Like you have that belief, but you might as well have any other belief that hasn't been uh, falsified so far. Mm. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I thought really that was great. That to you? Oh, no. Yeah, dude, they do. <laughs> okay. I, and I, I, yeah, I thought what you said just now was awesome. Um, I really uh, connect with what you just said. Yeah. Yeah, it's like Thunderbirds right. did. Yeah. It's, uh... and, and just to tie this in, because I think this is one of my, the most important points on the survey, especially when we combine it with number nine which is um, what makes a test valid is if a thing isn't the case, could, could we find ourselves ever in a scenario in which a thing isn't the case, though we believe it is on the basis that there's no way to show it isn't there, and yet also hold to this idea that in order to test our ideas or be confident in them, they need to have this quality of being testable in a negative sense. Is that, does that, sorry, I'm not stringing my words together because I've been talking for like two and a half hours now at this point. But uh, I'm open to any questions about number 17 before we move on because I think that 17 is one of the more important ones on here. And I can answer any question or attempt to. <laughs> the, the thing is, is that I, I would really want to hammer you guys on what, what you mean by justified. Whereas I think this question, mm. your perspective is, and to, I was speaking partially Justin here. I think I think these questions come from a context of talking to people who might not believe there's a role for evidence or consistency or logic or who haven't necessarily thought out everything they believe as much as maybe they, they could. Um, or perhaps also for people who aren't as often like this way of thinking that's exhibited in this survey is for people who put a primacy on ex- ability to ex- explicate why you believe things like that, that would be important, you know, because part of the problem with this question too is uh, you might not know the justifications for your belief and you might not know how to uh, evaluate the evidence for and against your belief. And it still could be a correct belief the entire time. And somebody who has a lot of verbal intelligence can come along and, and, and show you that you can't defend it. This is actually what happens in uh, one of the Dostoevsky books that Peterson always talks about. But somebody with verbal intelligence can come along and prove that you're wrong, and you can't prove why you're right, 
and all of a sudden you no longer feel justified. So there's, anyways, there's a lot of situations where this isn't true, but there's a lot of people who just believe things without good reason, and then they're and this applies to them. So I don't know what else to say. Okay. All right. Uh, last one. Eighteen. The most important criteria for my beliefs is that they match reality. Or to rephrase this another way, um, and correct me if this isn't good rephrasing, the most important criteria for my beliefs is that they are true. You've got to change your answer if he says that, don't you, Justin? Yeah, I just tweaked it a little. <laughs> At least to the neutral while I think about it. <laughs> What do you guys think? If your beliefs happen to be false, would you want to know? Remember the box of truth question that we asked? Mm -hmm. I asked last week. But true and match reality. Oh, geez, Louise. Okay, I'm agreeing here. I'm, I'm more agreeable now. Yeah. Okay. I only didn't fully agree because match reality. You think that's different than true? Like when I say it's raining outside, if it's raining outside, then it then my description matches. Okay. Would you agree? Most important criteria for my beliefs is that they are capital T true. Okay. The second sure. most important, like the closest I can get to being capital T true is my personal assessment that they're small tree to small lowercase t true. And then okay. my best way of determining. Don't overthink it. Do you, do you want to know whether, like, if you discovered that your beliefs, this is basically the bottom line. If you discovered that your beliefs were not true, would you want to know that they weren't? Of course. Or or vice versa. Like, if you discovered. You, you asked okay. that somewhere else, though, don't, didn't you? Huh? Didn't you ask that explicitly somewhere else, though? Uh, Last week. That was the box of truth. Imagine you have a box of truth. You can ask it anything. Is there anything you wouldn't ask the box? Is essentially another way to phrase I it. I find it, but it is beneficial to find out when I'm wrong about something. That's the same. Yeah, that was. Yeah, yeah. It's another way. It's beneficial to find out when I'm wrong. Yeah, Eighteen is cool. just like both a, a positive and negative. Like, do you want to know true things and as few false things as possible? Mm -hmm. It sounds like it sounds like your answer is yeah. Yeah, truth. Truth is truth is good. They're the same thing. Cool. Um, awesome. Uh, and then just to wrap up, um, what do you think about the survey in general? Is it a fair way to at least hash things out and uh, understand concepts for words and, and the tools we use to determine things? Or what do you think? What is your opinion? I think... I, off the top of my head, I feel like it's eight out of ten. Okay, because an improvement. I think it. I think it. I think it serves the purposes you intend to use it for. Well, uh, I do feel like it. 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 It, it kind of leads people into some traps to a certain extent. Like there's there's a certain amount of like when did you stop beating your wife. <laughs> <laughs> uh, about about the phrasing in some spots, uh -huh. you know. So you're kind of like you're kind of screwed either what way. What was the what was the moment that stood out to you the most like that? In the last the last almost two and a half hours or whatever, what was the moment that you felt that way the most? Which question? 
Yeah, either that what question or like what series of question or what moment, like help me understand. So I, cause my goal is to not make you feel that way. If anything, what I want is for us to uh, cordially lay out how our thought process works and what it would take for us to change our mind on things. And then for us to be comfortable enough to allow each other to change our minds and or provide reasons that I'm lacking so I can better understand. Um, and if people don't feel that's my intent, <laughs> then I need to get better at it. Yeah. So um, if there's, and feel free to, I'm just, you know, don't be, don't beat me up too much, but like no. if there was a specific time you, you can recall in the last two and a half hours in which you felt, like the question was leading in a negative way or like pinned you in, a, in in a position that made the conversation less uh honest or whatever <laughs> then i would so that way i can know i, don't I thought it went great i thought you guys just described everything to, to my satisfaction i mean i felt like i understood some things better and there were some times during the interview where um, I I started to see like where you were coming from and just was like, yeah, I don't I don't feel like I need to push any further with questions, and it didn't bother me that we gave different answers to some of the statements. Um, so long as we like generally understand like where each other are coming from and the intent behind these different things, and uh, I thought it was great, and I thought that. Uh, I learned a lot from from both of you. Do you have anything else to say about the survey or anything about this method or anything else? It's uh, it's hard to know when the when the question is like a what's the word like a normal question, and sometimes the question is just like a trick, like it's kind of a nonsense question, and you have to kind of detect if it's nonsense or not, like. Some weird, what was the uh, trickiest? What was the trickiest like question today? This word "justify" going around, I find mm. that. Uh... Yeah, we might need to replace that word with a different one. We kept trying to come up with a different word and beliefs. Um, you know, that's another thing. You're yeah, the word "justify" and "belief." It's not necessarily bad that you have those mm. words, though. We might, might not be able to get rid of belief. That one <laughs> okay. we might need. We might be stuck with that one. Some thoughts yeah. should never be questioned. Um, I don't know. I think the questions work that, well as jumping off points. Um, hmm. I don't know how they betray or reveal your presuppositions, though. And I don't know. If, I yeah. don't know. There's a way. I don't know if there's a way to escape that because that's kind of the whole point, right? Generally, so, with SE, um, we don't use a survey. And honestly, it's better generally not to. Um, I felt like the last time though that we talked, it was like five of us on a panel and we went on for like three hours and it kept regressing. We couldn't stay organized. I felt like this was a great way for us to stay organized. And then the next time we talk, we could reference these claims again about um, a higher power, about whether or not the election was stolen, whether or not the earth is flat, and then the last one, which was, um, what was that last one? There was a fourth one. Um, vaccines cause autism. No, no, we, oh, we actually no, sorry, had sorry, I'm thinking of something else. 
Well, the whole idea is we could then like apply our reasons and then see if any of our reasons uh, validate the principles. But Amen. otherwise, yeah, it was, it was great. He's trying to create. He's trying to create a structure to actually get traction in the conversation, Justin. Right? No, like that's good. I like that. If we, if we don't have if we don't have touch points and questions and statements, then like we'll just talk in circles forever. There'll be no ability to catch ourselves, <laughs> right? So no, it's good. I. I and it is we did kind of retouch a lot of things from the two weeks ago, I think. Yeah, some of it. Like uh, the oh, soul. That was the last thing we talked about. Was the soul. Um before we go, do you guys want to give a new number for our soul? Or have you given that the scale would be like zero is all questions? Um, and a hundred is all confidence. What number would you attribute to a soul? Has the has the number changed at all, or would you give it the same number, or just throw out a number that you feel now? You don't have to compare yourself to your past self. I'll go for a nine on this one, and nothing has persuaded me that there's no soul so far. Okay. Uh, it, but you know, it, there's like there's very there's asymmetry here, right? It seems to me like to deny. And you're at a ninety. What got you to a ninety of existence? Well, I'm just that's just a number. I mean, that's just a strong confidence. Um. Yeah. What thing, if I deprived it from you, would drop you from a ninety to some much lower number? <sighs> I got. To, I don't know what that, I could think of. I don't know what challenge I could give you. It's. It's. I'm gonna go with 95 right now because it's experiential. It's like it's the experiences I've had. It's the way reality re has revealed itself to me. Hmm. So I don't think anything. Prop. It's unlikely anything you're propositionally gonna articulate is gonna jar that. It would have to be an experience. And it's our personal experiences a reliable way. This was number eight on the survey. Our personal experience is a reliable way to know whether or not something is true. Sometimes. I would put forward yes, because it's like, how do you put it forward? As you, like, interpreting statistics, right? Even if you could reduce something to the way they do with scientific papers, okay, and all the variables and the constructs that each have their own structural validity, all the map uh, delineating like I, if you're not talking with something like physics right so even if you constructed a model of psychology with all your different variables and they're nicely defined and all the survey data and all the data points line up it's like even being able to interpret that data set it's something you're gonna you're gonna have to come back to into intu intuition like if there's a 50 mm -hmm. variables laid out with with a hundred studies backing up each variable like there's no clear way to interpret the data set. At some point, you have to use this. Is Peter like uh, go listen to the first episode of the Jordan? Oh, Peter do you have a data set for a soul? Like other than other than so, I'm hearing you say you have to interpret the data set, well, and I don't disagree with that. The more you get into the abstract questions, like especially once you get to like very all-encompassing, multi-purpose words that fudge, like soul or God or beauty. It becomes mm -hmm. harder, harder and harder to ground those things in explicit data points. So much as like you're condensing so much information and so much interpretation 
into something into something such a finite yes or no question so it's like that that like when i think of soul i think of like this is it's, it's like the basis of what you think reality is like so like to really get in touch with what you what you really consider reality to be the true nature of reality it's like that's like it takes your whole your whole life you're developing an opinion on that like you're trying to sum up like thousands of experiences and thousands of data points so like i don't know what else to rely upon besides a feeling or an intuition if you couldn't rely on personal experiences or feelings at all what would the number be i've never been autistic so i i wouldn't know like I, i'm not a robot like i don't i don't know i don't know how to answer that i don't know how to turn myself i don't know as an honest answer i don't have a problem with i don't know yeah i don't know how to turn myself into a robot I, it sounds like you're just you're trying to turn me into a machine i don't i don't mean that in a negative way but i don't that just sounds like <laughs> And that sounds like how a machine looks at reality. Like, and I don't, I don't feel like I'm a machine. Yeah, here's like, a joke. Here's a joke. Uh-huh. I don't believe humans have souls. <laughs> Meaning, funny. I say it with total, with no life. Totally, like, I don't know if it's that obvious. Why do you think? Uh-huh. Are there people who say like, yeah, there's no soul? Like that's what I have trouble with. That, I, uh, I think that. I think that the um, people uh, that I've met who are lacking of belief in a soul typically aren't saying that they know that there isn't one. They're more like they're they're open to evidence when there is generally that I've seen. Um, And that I'm describing kind of myself right now, like on the claim that there's a soul, I'm probably at a two or a three. And that's only because of number eight, in which we all agreed that um, it's possible to be certain of something and yet still be mistaken about that thing. And unless I compare my experiences, my personal experiences, to real-world evidence and have that be checked by other people, uh, then I could be wrong and I wouldn't have any way of knowing. And it isn't to say that a zero or a two on my scale means that I know it's not the case. It just means all I have are questions about this idea. Okay. And so I remain relatively agnostic to the idea. It could be the case. I don't I don't really know. There could be, you know, I'm sure you've heard the teapot uh, thought experiment. There could be a teapot, a teapot floating around Jupiter. If there, if there were a teapot, you know, why would I want to believe in it? Or how would I believe in it? I believe in it through observational evidence, probably. If it weren't there, though, could I know that it's not there? Could I really know that it's not there? I don't know. I have to. That's kind of my position on it. Have you? If you, if it, you, you can like, you can refrain from answering. I don't know. It's kind of a public. Sure. Uh, I feel so like. Have you? Have you yeah, experimented yeah. with psychedelics at all? Have you ever been high in acid yes. or high in mushrooms? Did you? Feel, I have. Did you and, feel the one at all, or if not? anything, that was more. It was more evidence for me to be cautious of my own personal experience. Okay, I, I guess I could. I could see things that weren't. You know, I've I've hallucinated not even from drugs, just from like lack of sleep. Yeah, and I've seen things that make me call into question. You know, my own direct experience. And I know that under certain pressures and circumstances, I experience things that I cannot rely on. 
especially if I'm emotional about this thing or if I desire a specific answer, I also uh, trust myself a little less. Okay, but have you ever, have you ever like, so there's an exaggeration effect that happens during psychedelics, right? So like your pattern mm -hmm. recognition goes all over the place and you're gonna start seeing patterns that aren't there, you're more likely to, but uh, have you ever found, have you ever found an overlap of where a pattern gets highlighted in psychedelics, where it gets highlighted in science, where it gets highlighted in your own personal experience. Like this is what Peterson talks about in his book, Maps and Meaning. It's like uh, using very disparate ways of, very disparate epistemologies in fact. Uh, and then when they converge, being that's very interesting, right? That's, that's the basic premise of what he thinks he's doing. So I would put forward that like, when, when I personally, like to probably my own experience, when my when when my psychedelic experience, my personal experience, when what I'm seeing in science and when I'm and when I'm learning in Christianity, when all those things seem to be saying the same thing in a different language, I'm just like, whoa, that's pretty trippy, you know? And to me, so that's that's part of where intuition and feeling would come into a belief, a belief system, right? So like when I think of why I believe in souls from myself. I can think of like, well, it fits with Chris, Chris, uh, it fits with Christianity. It fits with some personal intuitions I have. Um, it it fits. What would with, make the number drop? Is there something? Um, well, it it depends. Like for me personally, it's like I could be delusional, but many of my beliefs uh, are conciliatory with other belief systems in the way I just described. So okay. it's like so you have to have a different belief called in a question for this belief to go down. Well, it's like there's no there's there's very few beliefs I hold that are just little silos because I don't reach my conclusions based on like one little rational pie of information. Conclusion. Gotcha. You know, I which have belief if you were to change would change this one the most. Which one? Which belief? Because I'm hearing you say that they're not reliant on like you. Well, I, I have to lose cloud of beliefs. I have to lose my faith in God. But that's but that's it. But see, that's but there's so many data points of what's happened to me in the past. It's not. It's far beyond propositional knowledge at this point. In fact, mm -hmm. the big reason I started believing in God personally was because my propositional knowledge that I was building through rational thought and my experiential knowledge were both. They were getting closer and closer and closer. And when they overlapped, I felt a, a multi-hour religious experience when they kind of collided. So it's very hard for me to have that experience have all these things correlate, come to a conclusion, act that conclusion out, have reality get better in a way that's consistent with that belief. And then all of a sudden, be, you know, that's where I'm at now. And then all of a sudden, very unlikely you could say one thing or pop up with one data point and be like, oh, all your other data points, boom, recast, paradigm shift. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's very hard, you know, in my particular, in my particular example, right? So it's so that, so you, that you'd have to change your belief in God. Well, so I'm hearing. No, no, it's okay. Depending, like, this is why the framing is so important. If your beliefs are internally consistent, it's like you can't change one belief without changing many, many. Like, because each, mm -hmm. if you if you actually have a coherent view of reality, it's like you can't just change one part of it without tugging at all the other strings, right? So it's not just like you can't just walk in and go, yeah, this one data point you have is wrong. 
that means you have a very weak ontology in the first place. If you could have, if, if, if 99 of your beliefs could remain completely true and one could be proven completely false, you must have a very ad hoc way of building your reality or you're very agnostically minded, right? I find a lot of people who like evidence-based ways of reasoning are very ad, like, tend to be very ad hoc thinkers where they, they don't, it's not, anyways. Well, this, this I is feel like we've gone on for three hours. So yeah. uh, this has been a great talk though. Um, I think it's time to probably cut it for now, but uh, I had a, a fun time and maybe what we can do is if there is a next time we can keep a record of these um, or at least just keep these points in mind on the survey. And I'd like to know what would move us on the scale. And this is probably why street epistemologists are so interested in a higher power because it's it. you aren't the first person I've ever met who said that some tangential belief was reliant on the higher power belief. And um, it's actually been a belief of mine that uh, many of our beliefs are, are reliant or dependent on a higher power claim, which is why I always find it so fascinating to talk about. But hey, you guys, it's been a, a great, super awesome conversation. You've been, you've really uh, thank you, Nathan, with me the whole time, and uh, and thank you, uh, Reed, for working the magic in the background. And, thank you, um, Reed. Let's pick it up again at a later day. <laughs> Thanks, Reed. The Street Epistemology Podcast is a production of Street Epistemology International. You can donate or learn more about this nonprofit organization at streetepistemologyinternational.org. The views, guests, and topics expressed here or not expressed here do not necessarily represent those of the organization.